0: Washington, clearance,
1: Southwest 8504. Southwest 8504. Southwest 8504. Or, do you have our uh, flight plan on, or do we need to uh, have a file
2: file for it? Hello, welcome to Teller Rotor IC, an episode about helicopters run by three fools named Michael, Mike, and Robert Monty. This is episode four, titled Flybarless Tuning. The crew tonight, myself, Mike DiPaolo, Robert Moni's here with me. Hey. And we have Mike Shaggy Parker as well. I am not here. Sure you are. Maybe not. Just go in that corner and contemplate your life a little bit and come back when you're
1: done. Still will okay. sound the same in the corner.
2: Commit seppuku. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> starting off great. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Just the way I like it.
1: Right, so, ah.
2: Helly News, what do we got?
1: Oh, we got we got Whoa. we got a fair amount of heli news.
0: We got we got the good stuff. We're, we're starting out. off the news. Okay, we're off the bat. Yeah, man.
1: Well, what else would we go to? What we did? I well, I spent the whole day talking about my coworker's mother's. Ooh. It's Valentine's Day. Remember remember to tell your mother and your significant other, I love you.
2: Oh man, that could have potentially gone down so many other roads. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go to that Vegas fun fly, man? I bet they're gonna have a good time. Are they going to have a special activities bus like the Minnesota guys?
1: Uh, I mean, they haven't <laughs> announced it. I don't know if you do announce that kind of thing.
0: No, man. It's like fight club. It, you just... Maybe they'll have a line vacuum cleaner. Oh,
2: God. <laughs>
0: I want that vacuum cleaner.
2: <laughs> Gail, I want one.
1: <laughs> oh, no. This hey, you know what? Speaking of a line corporation... Oh, yeah. The, uh, first item, the first item up is the Align 450 LP AC ARTF. The almost ready to fly. So, uh, look it around. it uh, Find it at your favorite Align dealer or at Align T-Rex store. And, you know, I meant to write down the price, but I didn't. You know why? Because I'm awesome. So, here we go with the editing. The price, the price... On it, as shown at the moment, on the line, T-RexStore.com is $470.89, a 15% discount from five hundred fifty three ninety nine.
0: And what do you get with that?
1: You get the brand new Align A10 10-channel 2.4 transmitter.
0: Now, A10, is that a plane or is that a heli?
2: I was going to ask, does it come with a Gau-8? <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I don't think it does, but it's shooting Damn. faster than a gal weight with uh, its 2.4 frequency hopping.
2: That's true. I'll give it that.
1: Yep. Um, also, I see new on the heli is a new flybarless controller called the Mini GRS. Off the Google I go. I say it's already set up for the 450, so no, more, uh, no further tuning needed. Also, I was looking through the notes. Uh, the transmitter has a 20 model memory. Wow. And it has nice. helicopter, plane, and multi-rotor modes.
0: Now, I also heard huh. something about that it's already pre-assembled and pre-flown, right?
1: You know, uh, yeah, Gail was talking about that on... Uh, freefall, was it? Was he on Freefall last? Mm-hmm. I should probably get this really <laughs> straight. <laughs> that would
0: be bad. <laughs> get some hate mail for this from, from, from the other guys. It's a TRX 450L, looks like. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Yeah,
2: it's... So it's not like it's a, a cheesy version
0: or anything. No, it's a good heli. It looks I... like it's actually like the full version, just pre-assembled. And 3S, I think. I think it's a 3S. I think it's a 3S. It's 3S?
1: It's yep. a 3S.
2: It says it here. 460 cool. 460 MS, 3200 KV for 3S. So, people, I mean, yeah, a little bit more tame, but honestly, even a 3S 450 can rock the speed control it comes with is capable of 6S, so if you just swap your motor you can really go full crazy full yeah. crazy
1: no it would it would have probably been the uh, episode with uh Gail uh, episode 109 of the freefall RC podcast where he's talking about these things are pre-flown that's nice totally cool. yeah no that's uh that's that's uh that's sharp that's cool. Um, you know, I remember we always used to laugh about how uh, a certain manufacturer said all their stuff was pre-tested. The joke was, I think they hung it from the ceiling with a string because uh, there was no way this hovered in the factory.
0: <laughs> true, <laughs> true. <laughs> but in this case, they prove it. Oh Lord, yeah. Hmm.
1: So, that's the align. Look for yeah. it out there at your favorite dealer. I'm. Uh-
2: well, there's another align, Hilly. <laughs>
1: yeah, we we saw I saw a, a brief picture of a post. The Align Six Hundred XN, the next uh, the next uh, generation of nitro helicopter from Align. That's gotta Pretty be one cool. of the
2: longest running models I've seen from them. They haven't <sighs> really like the Six Hundred N, like the base chassis of it. I don't think it's really changed besides just adding a DFC head and some other things here and there to it for quite some time.
1: Yeah, I uh, I owned one. A long time ago, yeah, Mike and I, uh, some of our beginning flights we have on YouTube with our 600 nitros. Nitro. Traded DFC mine for uh,
2: my old... No, <laughs> mine had, like, the old FL head on
1: it. Yes! No, Same yours... As mine did. Yeah, that's right, because I updated yeah. mine from fly barless to fly bar, or from fly bar to fly barless, and I had a newer head than yours did.
0: Yeah, mine was extra crusty, but I beat on it anyway. It was a fun heli. I liked it was. It, like was. The, it was, like, maybe an extra, like, 10, 15 millimeters lo- taller than a 700-sized oh, yeah. helicopter. Oh, yeah. No, if yeah. I, no, I can tell you right now, if I had stuck it next to my N7, they'd be the same height. Oh no, no! Here's the crazy thing: the one I have on my on my 600 Nitro, you put it next to my E7 SCs, it's literally like an inch taller.
1: Yeah, it's, I bet I bet the 600s taller than the N7, uh, DiPaolo.
0: With that ridiculous head, yeah, it was pretty
1: yeah. funny. Hey, if it's still works. Warm, it you was know, still the
2: Nitro it was light.
1: You- you know the crazy thing about my uh, lawn six hundred nitro is, Mike. I think you still have my my Curtis rotor blades, the stick yep. bangers,
2: the ones I flew through hundreds of feet of corn and they lived. And then they just sort of falling apart. <laughs> I, I lawnmower manned one too many times. I had to retire them.
1: Yeah, and uh, I was the third owner of of my six hundred nitro. It was. Uh, it was it'd been it been owned by a few of the guys down at the Fluvanna Club, and then I sold that helicopter to the one and only Mr. Dan K. Reed. Really? Yeah,
0: uh, that's right. I remember that.
1: Yep. I did not yep. know that. I did not know yeah. how that's
0: how he got his. That's where yeah, it came from.
1: He mentioned a little bit, but uh I think he was uh I think he was digging his seven hundreds more.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was talking about that more. I didn't know Well, no, I did not know so, that. I learned something yep. new every day. Let's see, another heli the XL Power Spectre
2: 700. A couple yep. of videos of that starting to pop up now.
0: You know, yep. I saw that at Urch. I saw the, what was it, the 550 was the first one. Yeah, it sure was, was yeah. It the 550 that was the first one? Yep. Yeah, I, I saw yep. it at, you know, at Urch. It was the first time I saw it. It looks like a really, really nice heli. I mean, just a new brand. It's, it looks nice. So yeah. I can't imagine what the 700 is going to look like. It's going to, you know, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, uh, there's video, you know, one video I spotted of it was, uh, Chris Nutt. He was flying it down in South Carolina and then, Oh, um, that's
0: right. I did see that.
1: Yep. And then a friend of ours from, uh, the competition side, Mike Goza, uh, he won one at the, uh, he won one in the, uh, the main pilot drawing at Urcha on Saturday night. He won the oh, 550. Oh, nice. Yeah. Isn't so, it like a
0: really light heli for, for its size?
1: I think they were showing that it was fairly lightweight. I, I, uh, you know, sometimes I I don't paying huge amounts of attention to all the details.
0: I've been hearing that, but I don't know if that's, you know, accurate or not like that. I'll do some research on that.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was looking at some of it and I was like, you know, it's, it's good looking heli. Um, it's good look at Uh You know, it'll be interesting to see. I look forward to seeing Chris bring his up to uh, Spring Fling and get to check it out a little bit.
2: Yeah, look look at where the find is. T- there's uh, something else that's going to be at Spring Fling. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's going to be one there. Actually, Wait. if a certain uh, guy from the South shows up, there might be more than one. Wait, is, there <laughs> is this what you've told me, not told me yet? What? That uh, the synergy N five five six is a thing I can talk about now?
0: Oh no! Okay. Yeah, that thing. Oh, there's more things later, but we don't we don't get into those yet. They won't even tell me. Nah, man.
2: (laughs) It's a skunk works, man. Skunk works. It's skunk works. Matt don't even know. He's like these guys just show up and hand me cool things.
0: (laughs) I just sell them. (laughs) Uh, I hate you guys.
1: Definitely, uh 5.56, uh, the Nitro 5.56 just uh, got announced yesterday. Uh, Matt put up at his thing that uh, he's approaching 1,000 test flights on that helicopter. Yeah,
0: fun story. That's insane. We flew <laughs> that
1: at
2: Urcha last year, 2017, main line at dusk, straight up out there, whiffing it around. And like one guy was like, oh, that's cool. Is it new? Everyone else was just like,
0: ah, eh, it's a Nitro 600, that's cool. <laughs> yeah I I, I was saw shocked. it but I, I thought it was an N7 and I was like exactly. that's a little high pitch it looks Why it just sound so like high one. pitch and then I was thinking like it was far, I was far away so I was like man maybe an N5C it sounds like a 50 but it looks like a 7 I don't know I didn't, I, didn't pay, I didn't pay attention to it I just saw it fly and that was it
1: yeah, one of the one of the great things. I mean, I visited Matt's house uh, last spring in 2017, and you know he's got a great amount of property there between his workshop and his and his house. Uh, he can go out and he's got a great amount of property to to do big air testing or you know on the ground smack. Uh, so he can do a lot of testing in in private, and you know on the announcement of the N five five six, yeah, uh, approaching a thousand test flights. Uh, he said tentative release this spring um he That's says he'll ha- yeah he says he'll have it at the uh Birmingham uh Alabama fun Fly this March and then um today today he uh he posted the picture up of uh, the new the new front transmission design uh, there's one not piece much. one piece yeah one piece aluminum um one piece aluminum still has what is a mod 1.5 uh gears yep. in there still huge and, gears uh, and the uh the slant gear the helical, uh, yeah
2: yeah. The drive pinion's now a slant helical. Yeah.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: It's cool. Be quiet. Uh, the other thing I was also really uh digging on it is he uh the way he's got the bearings um uh the word attached isn't right uh installed in there. So it, it looks like it's going to be uh really solid and and really serviceable. So I'm I'm looking forward to that
2: coming from Monty, who who has He's got all these wonderful uh, nightmares Still about the whiplash And having to use a uh, <laughs> A bearing press for everything on the old version Back I, in the day
1: Yeah, the reason I went out and bought a uh, Arbor press Is because of the Miniature aircraft whiplash
0: Yep Hey, yep. That, that thing's a handy tool I would be no I, nowhere without that all thing the time, honestly.
1: It is very useful how uh, cheap is, they are is very useful, but sometimes you buy tools because you go, that would be a great help, and sometimes you buy tools because you're like, there's no this other way I working. can do this. Uh, I've done broken everything else. This is awful. I need to go to the store.
0: <laughs> and that and that, have- that works for both categories right there. <laughs> what do you have that can crush this? <laughs> <laughs> a half turnover press will.
1: Um... So last piece of news I have in here is, uh, you know, we're uh, we're posting over on the com forum in the podcast corner. So we uh, we usually post up there about each episode and uh, we try and add some trivia in there. See if we can uh, get some listeners to answer back and and answer some of the trivia from from that podcast or from that episode. Um, also you'll you'll also find there our friends from uh, Freefall RC, the uh, Full Pitch uh, podcast and the uh, RC Heli Hooligans. Uh, Podcast So yeah we're definitely We're posted over there uh, Having some fun um, Definitely looking for Listener feedback And uh, You know If you just want to yell at us In another way besides email Any other news items
0: <laughs> mm. I still have Not a question about my head the- I still have more questions About the
2: 556 I uh, mean I can answer What I can within reason Okay Throw them
1: out Throw them out there
0: So the head
1: more is that bad. the
0: same as maybe the N5C, E5, and 516? 516 is different, so. 516 parts. Oh, it is? Okay. Uh,
1: one of the things folks will notice in the pictures of the 5.56, Nitro 5.56, is uh, the tail blades. Oh, yeah, uh, this. They are mounted the direction all of us pilots expect, and that tail is rotating counterclockwise, as most of us would expect. So, for those who are familiar with Synergy, hey, Careful. this is a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> this so is a good just, thing.
2: Just the N seven, you got to be weird with.
0: Okay, or and N five C, do that. N five yeah, does the that. N five C is
1: backwards as well.
0: It is okay. Yep. So that's I didn't notice that now until you said something good. Yep, All right, that's going to yeah. save a lot of tailblades
1: <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah, we've had a couple people get surprised by that.
1: Yeah, you see it pop up on the forums and. But you know, RTFM. Yeah. Every 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 one of them is like, oh, dang it, <laughs> <laughs>
0: dang it. Yeah, when it happens, I just point out the page of the manual, and they're like, oh crap.
1: Like, yep, yeah,
0: I looked, I looked at the manual, the- and I and I see that. Like, I have it downloaded on here, and I see it.
1: Um, true though. All I know is I, I'm I'm uh, I'm really preferential to to a uh, 600 class nitros. Uh, great gas mileage, great training, great flying. So and I'm looking fast. forward to this. Yeah they are Um, I love flying I love flying 700 class nitros
2: It's got the float
1: It's got the float And they got the power Uh, You know the power To weight ratio Is always just Insane with them But it's Um, just
2: The 600 and 550 sizes Because they're smaller You can still fit A lot of juice in them Man the cyclic rates They're just quick yeah, yeah, but there's still big helis though.
1: And there's still big helis and yes. you know, for me it's 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 more flight per gallon. It's it's more it's more fun per gallon. Oh and, yeah, you know, yeah. Just pure out time. And usually we were always averaging twelve flights a gallon. Uh you know, uh, uh Oh, it's
2: freaking awesome.
1: All these big block nitro, you know, one hundred fives and one twenties and ninety sixes and ninety ones. You know, it's like six six flights seven maybe.
0: <laughs> and you're looking at twenty five to thirty dollars a gallon, I mean it's yeah. a lot of money per flight 25 if you're buying a pallet
1: It's not yeah, exactly. really so much about the cost It's just straight up like the fun per per gallon and, uh, You know, uh, DePaulo and I were flying together Flying helis before He remembers it and, Oh, this um, was fun I plumbed up the helicopter So that I could leave the engine running Plug in my fuel And refuel it with the engine running
2: Oh, we did it for like an hour
1: I was flying for 45 minutes with yeah, hot fueling. Stupid. I had wow. a blade I had a blade holder out in the field and I was doing I was doing 45 minutes of autos and 3D and and fueling it up and it was Every time an absolute we filled it, up, we riot. Laughed. it was an absolute riot. You know the crazy thing is at that time I was running a 2200 milliamp 2S pack.
2: We used it
1: all of it. Used it. The heli, <laughs> yeah. the heli got low enough on power. It started pirouetting about 10 feet off the ground. It hit <laughs> he throttle did a, hold.
2: He did a punch out and the tail. was like, Bleh. He was like, whoa, what is that? Battery's dead. You need one yeah. of these generators.
1: Well, I
2: walked over and I looked at it. I'm like, Robert, nothing's wrong with this helicopter. And then I saw the tail servo moving stupid slow. And I'm like, um, either you fried a servo or we just actually killed a battery in one sitting.
1: <laughs> we killed the battery in one sitting. And that. Yep. That was just a lot of fun. Uh, you need a
2: heli-alternator. I've never laughed at <laughs> filling a helicopter up, but that was just stupidly funny for some reason.
1: We talked about mounting the gallon to the helicopter <laughs> and oh, <yeah>. mounting <laughs> skids <laughs> to the gallon and just flying the gallon. <laughs> just, yes. to, just to
2: say I did that. Yes. Yeah. You know what? I got just, an idea now. You want, you want to see how long we can fly a 5.56? <laughs> yes. yes. That's gonna be like I'm not sending you that heli now. <laughs> no,
0: no. See, here's the thing. These helis are these helicopters are capable of lifting like ten times their own weight. We can strap a whole freaking case to this thing. Come on now. Oh, can leave it in the it, box. The box that will engine, be skids. That <laughs> engine will be dead. Who cares, man? It'll be fun.
1: Ten times a- the weight of an eighty of an eight pound helicopter would be eighty pounds.
0: Yeah, it can pull. It won't well, pull well, but we've, it can seen,
1: pull. we've seen we've seen the uh, Heligraphics did it. Heligraphics. Yes, we've seen them yes. use two Gowie 700s to lift a to lift a, a woman, one
0: hundred thirty pound woman.
1: And then we've seen them use a single helicopter to pull a Ferrari in nitro. Er, that happened in, in, in neutral in nitro. <laughs>
2: <laughs> See, you in want neutral, the
1: heli. But there's something different to be said about picking up a Ferrari and pulling a Ferrari.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a single person can pull a se- a Boeing seven forty seven. You know, I mean, that's hard. A yeah, lot of work, I but I mean, the resistance is long enough. Yes. Yeah. So. And once you overcome that inertia,
2: a regular person can push a rail car down the straight. Yeah. It's just that
0: inertia is tough.
1: Okay, we got to move this thing along tonight.
0: Last thing, though oh, no, no, no yeah, I'm good. And 556. I want it, but I don't need it. But I really want it, but I don't need it. Well, hey, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll play the game once I'm feeling comfortable. I think maybe like 20 or 30 flights and I'll be like, all right, who wants to fly this? <laughs> I want to fly it so badly. I really do. I, I, yeah. I actually am wanting this thing more and more now, but I don't need another helicopter. I mean...
1: Dude, switching airframes is cheap and you already yeah. have the stuff. I
0: was going to say, you're just buying an airframe.
1: So you buying an airframe version. I you don't want to take anything. anything out
0: of my 600 Nitro.
1: Dude, hang that hang that frame up and give it a proper retirement and no. get a new heli. Hey, give it fun a, story. Give it a, that thing give it will not get a proper
0: retirement. retirement until it smashes it into the ground. Hey, how about this? I'm going to wheel a dumpster
2: out there, and you're going to tailslide that thing from 300 feet up on YouTube. Live. <laughs> <laughs> That's a burial. You're going to do it? I'm going to shut the lid and be like, done, buy a new one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no come oh, on oh that would be what do we got what do we got you know a couple a couple years ago it was the uh what was that silly dance it would sit there and play that music and one guy would just sit there and like bob his head or something and then it would switch and everyone's dancing around like maniacs remember that nope uh the harlem shake yes the harlem shake Well, this summer will be the summer of we got to get all the heli pilots around the world to just tail slide their heli right into a dumpster.
0: Hey, you know, (laughs) someone already did that. Um, Ed was talking about it on Hooligans, not the one with Kyle Dahl on it. Hmm. yeah you gotta listen to it uh, one, of his guys, one of the guys at his, at his club uh, was flying and lost it behind a hill or something Because like oh they yeah
1: yeah yeah right into the, a dumpster. he flew a small heli into a completely empty dumpster but yes. he, he's, he couldn't even if he tried hold there would be now. no way he could repeat it
2: hold on it's gotta be deliberate it has to be a very obvious I went up 300 feet went knife edge and drove that thing into the ground like a <laughs> fence post
1: yep
0: <laughs> done dumpster
1: yeah, like, it's, funny the feed, it's funny the feedback I'm getting on uh, the Urcha interview. You know, one of the guys is like, Urcha's alright with crashing and chaos? <laughs> uh,
2: They're heli pilots. There you go. That's basically all you gotta see. They they're heli pilots. About.
1: They they just they just don't want to be. They they you know they don't want to see anyone get hurt.
2: No one wants to get hurt, and the insurance overlords are omnipresent. You don't want to make them angry.
1: Mm, yeah, it's the reason the speed guys wear helmets. Yep. Yep. Like
2: Earths brought out light towers because, like, well, the anime says we can do this, and we like night flying, so we got light towers. Yeah. And honestly, well, honestly yeah, and the funny thing was that a couple it. of them, a couple of them were surprised at how well organized we can keep ourselves and. Oh, Shaggy! What? You should totally get a Nitro Seven Hundred. No, because I'm, I'm I might sell one.
1: <laughs> Depalo. <laughs> what? DePaulo. I figured out a way. If you're gonna let me, if you're gonna let me use that airframe, I figured out a way I could actually get it in the air. Oh, you've got a 105, don't you? No, I I actually have a 91.
0: <laughs> well, that'll work. I got a 91. Wait, the N7 or the Special Project? Oh wait, you're talking about that really old '91?
1: Yes, it is like broken I, in.
0: <laughs> I yeah, it's right. We did rebuild that motor.
1: Yeah, oh, well, it, it'll
0: fly. I hate and, you guys. Come on, tell me what you're talking about.
1: And I forgot that um, I might be able to, I I might be able to get a hold of servos. So because you're you're pulling the servos.
2: Um, no, I'm not. I'm gonna go get some MKS goodies for it.
1: Oh. Well, all that to say that I, I think uh, I think either, oh, dude, I looked last night. Tower had fifty-five HZRs in stock, and a friend was telling what? me today Tower's out of stock already. I gotta go double check.
2: Oh, what they got them in and just like that gone?
1: No, when I looked yesterday, uh, they were in stock. Fifty-five HZR or fifty-five HZ was in stock yesterday. Oh, mid May. And now oh, the wow. HCR is out of stock till May. One announcement from Matt, and that thing is out of stock.
2: <laughs> yeah, between wow. Matt and the Align one, everyone's like, engines just gone. They probably had like thirty of them on the shelf. Gone, gone. I wonder if RC Japan even has any. I hope so. I want to get another
0: one. Just like hey, I'm backup. the guy.
2: I'm the guy that's got two of them. All modified, ready to go. I'm like, yeah Modified. <laughs> I, ooh. I, I
1: you might gotta, you gotta get servos. goodness. I might get servos and ask to borrow one of those engines, Mike. Uh oh. If I can't get an engine.
2: <laughs> for for what? This is for, for the N7 though.
1: For 55, I oh. I am seriously thinking about getting building a a 556. Because guess what oh. I ordered last night? Yes.
0: What did you order last night? Would you order. A starter wand.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh, this going guy. Nitro-O. Yes. Like he's like, they're oh, going to steal Mike's N seven for some time, or he's going to build a five five six.
1: Well, I yes. also have the Thunder Tiger. I, uh, I I the Raptor ninety se. I uh, oh, yeah that thing. Yeah, I pulled I pulled the electronics uh, this week, and uh, I sent everything off that needed service uh, to Fataba. So. Um, so either I'm getting that Raptor in the air, uh, I'm getting an N7 in the air, or maybe a model becomes available this spring and I, I put a 556 in the air, but.
2: well, Don't, don't worry. If all goes to play, you'll get to play with that 556 a little sooner.
1: Yeah. But
2: we're going to be those. S- I want to,
1: I want to, I want to put Fataba stuff in it. I want to own it. I want to put it, I want to hang it from my ceiling.
2: <laughs> well, here's the other thing too. And, uh, Cherry and I were going back on testing protocols for this guy, because when we get these things and we're going to start railing on them ourselves, is, all right, this thing's actually really lightweight. So, I was initially thinking of using, like, 5.75 HBL, pretty overkill servos from KS. Yeah. And we were thinking, like, maybe I should just go grab a set of the, uh, like the 1240s, you know, like the mid-range, not super strong, not super, but still fast servos, and they're, like 85, 89 retail. And test it on that, and honestly look at the specs, it should be overkill even then just because I like the heli is.
0: If if I if I uh jump on the ball and I get the get that heli, uh the servers output in there, or obviously expert, um, would be the twenty two oh I sorry, the forty four oh one cyclics and a twenty two oh two T for the tail. Uh the 4401s is what I have in my E7 SE. They are about a hundred bucks a piece. And the twenty two oh two T is like eighty, and it's right. like over two hundred fifty ounces of torque per square inch
2: yeah it's like uh, what is it the h v twelve forty on a on a light bow right you're looking at like hundred and seventy ounce inches and point o eight four for a sixty degree sweep so that's pretty well like you're not it's a smaller light heli you're not gonna have to spend a ton of money to make it no um i mean so that might appeal to a lot of people yeah um agree I mean you you could put a two hundred dollar X six servo in there, like three of them, and then a crazy expensive. But
0: oh hell yeah, you could put you can put uh, uh, the 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 KD ones in that thing, which are you know one hundred and eighty dollars a piece. Someone's going to put like X eights
2: in this thing. You know someone's <laughs> going to do it. Probably more than a few. Someones are going to do it. I, 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 we already had the discussion. I was busy motorboating with a tractor. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't much flying to be had in Delmarva.
1: I am working with Urcha on uh, improving something for the Jamboree. Yay. Oh,
2: yeah, there's that. Yep.
0: And, uh, and, I, and I, I made some things for Tim Jones. And there's that, I guess. And <laughs> that's I, <laughs> I, about I, it. I flew on the February 1st, and that's the only time I've flown. And I got new expert servos. So excited. I haven't flown the helicopter yet. It's killing me. And also, I used the Soko 2 on it to get to level it and on the E7. I'm about to start the so 500. It's a little pretty bomb. Yes, yes. So the 420 is ready to fly again. Uh, E7 is finally ready to fly. Finally, and then the 500 finally will actually fly. Like I've got a very rare picture on my computer. It's actually on my my uh, my desktop right now. Like the the, the 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 background. It's a very rare picture of the Goblin 500 USA in the air. Wait, you've had that thing that long? I've had that thing for almost two years. And It hasn't flown yet. It has flown. It's, I got a, ver- a very rare pitch of it in the air. I've flown it like seven flights, and they're all tuning on a different different unit. That yeah, well, I don't have anymore. This guy, you
2: better be flying it, otherwise, Monty and I reserve the right to harass you endlessly about it. What, shall we?
0: Exactly the five hundred Sport USA. So I guess I guess speaking of units on aircraft, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: Finally. Oh. Finally. Wait. Okay, gotta- wait. Wait.
2: Wait. Wait. Hold on. Don't take that out of context, Monty. Don't. I gotta like preface that because I know I've spent too much time in a car with this man.
1: Ah, uh, well, that is Valentine's Day, and there's a bunch of men around the United States and possibly the world just thinking about their units. Oh my gosh! Honestly, come on, we're Rob, recording really?
2: this at like 10:25. If you haven't extolled your advantage, well, it's your own damn problem.
1: Ah, ha, 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 suckers!
2: It's freaking Valentine's Day. If you're sitting here... Wait, we're... Re- damn oh, it! Shit, we're recording a uh, podcast.
0: Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> damn it! <laughs> we could be at the movies. It could be at a fancy restaurant. No, we're recording a podcast and talking about toy hellies,
1: Okay, so the main topic. Yes. Uh, main topic of this episode is... Um, optimizing your flybarless controller or
2: how not to make a helicopter crash
0: <laughs> one of uh, many. you know
1: one of the one of the things uh, we notice a lot when we're talking to folks is there's been a lot of discussions on PID and what that all means um there's there's been a there's a lot of discussion on that, but there's not a lot of discussion about where the rubber meets the road. How does that actually impact the heli? You know how how would one go about tuning their flybarless controller beyond the stock setup, uh, depending upon their skill level? And um, it, it, you know how yeah, where would they go? Uh, I think another big thing I, I wanted to mention, you know, right up front is. Um, your skills will directly determine just how much tuning you do. And as your skills increase, you will need to revisit, you know, the, the, the tuning, uh, could be revisit tuning on your tail, or you'll need to visit for the first time tuning of your, of your rotor head. Um, the other thing is just cause you, you know, if you can't fly the maneuver, then the helicopter is tuned as best as your skill will allow it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I fell into a trap and, and Apollo probably remembers me seeing it. I spent probably about two years trying to get, you know, the best tune ever on a fly Brothers controller. But if you can't fly the maneuver, then you can't really tune it. Then you're wasting your time. So, um, you know, it, you know, if, if if you're just starting out hovering, then yeah, the tuning your tail is only going to be you know optimal for hovering. As soon as you start forward flight, you may find you're going to have to visit that that uh the tuning your tail Hooray. because uh, you may find it starts wagging. <laughs> yeah,
2: and don't work no more, uh,
1: and, and that's fine. Um, just like. Uh, you know, after you get through forward flight, you may start doing. Uh, you might start playing around TikToks, and you may find that the helicopter uh, oscillates, uh, wobbles on stops. Well, your skill's gotten better. Uh, welcome to the wonderful world of you've gotten better. Time to tune your heli now that you're better. But <laughs> that anyone anyone want to add to the introduction?
2: Uh, I guess really, you can know all you can about PID, but it won't help you if you know how to apply it. there's that catch
1: uh first up i wanted to go over some basic installation items with your fly bars controller Um, one item i know i've i've actually made videos of it on youtube is making sure that your sensor is square in the aircraft this is important (laughs) it's kind of it's really really, just a little bit really important just a little bit (laughs) (laughs) um if your controller is not square and the, the controller is doing feed forward in the helicopter for you, uh, it starts, you know, if you're doing like a, a fast aileron roll and fast forward flight, if it's, if, if your controller is not square, it's going to start sensing, uh, elevator and it may feed forward, you know, elevator and the helicopter doesn't roll very nicely. um, so it's important that you make sure that sensor is square. That's something you can do with the bench at home, um, you know, right right there without even flying it to make sure of it. Um, what were some items, uh, Shaggy, that you could use to help square it up?
0: Uh, there's many things you can actually use. And the best thing, probably the easiest thing, really, and everybody's got them, is just a simple, you know, Lego block. Just simple as that. Like two, the two, uh, two peg over, maybe four peg long, depending on your the size that you're placing it at. Just a simple Lego block would work. Just anything square, honestly.
1: Anything perfectly ninety and square. Yes. Yep, hard and square.
0: I mean, you can use pieces of like like balsa wood if you if you're a playing guy like me. But a lot of those, eh, especially if you have to cut the piece, like a, you're not cut. You may not cut it perfectly. Like straight. A domino or something, something like that. Jenga piece, oh. yeah. Jenga piece. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um definitely find some square and you want to square it up against your side frames cuz you're you're looking to be square in relation to your main shaft. Um not necessarily the the platform it's sitting on. You know is, it could be anywhere. You know, yeah, cuz you don't want to you don't want to square up against uh, the carbon fiber weave. <laughs> carbon fiber weave need yeah, it be perfectly square. <laughs> not at all. So
0: and you can actually uh you see that if you look at it, at some of these um hand-molded blades you can see the the weave is literally all over
1: yeah definitely yeah it's it's not it's not online with what you'd expect
0: there's also different types of gyros this was a uh, perfect example for uh like all-in-one gyros You also have uh separate sensor gyros and you want to make sure that 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 separate sensor that's the one you center whether you have it on the bottom of a plate like some helicopters have a bottom plate uh, or if you put it on top or whatever, make sure that little module is centered. Doesn't matter about the 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 the, 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 um, the main unit. That right there, you can put sideways, you can put vertical, twist it, whatever you want. I mean, obviously you want to try to make it as centered as possible, but it doesn't have to be. That's the main control uh, control board there. The sensor is what you really want perfectly centered.
1: Yeah, agree.
0: I mean, some people will put put that module like sideways uh, on the side frame but they have the center, you know, perfectly lined up.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm one of the guys who actually flies a, flies a controller that has the sensor separate of the control box. And the control box is on top of my boom within viewing distance, and I can poke at it as needed. My actual sensor is uh, it's visible from the bottom of the helicopter on the gyro tray. You know, I've, I've I've built helicopters from Align and Thunder Tiger and, and Goblin and, and Synergy. Um, most everyone has recommendations in the manual of, of locations for the sensor because they're they uh, they thinking of that for us. So, you know, they have general recommendations where to put yes, it. Yes,
0: yes. I've seen a lot of manuals where it has recommendations for it.
1: Yep and usually it has to go into the uh the the designer's mind they have to you know give a place for the components that the electrical components um but yeah do keep in mind you shouldn't be stuffing your uh you shouldn't be attaching your electronics to high vibration items um as you uh you may find you found a way of failing the item
2: it's bad juju crashing. don't do it
0: <laughs> Oh yes and also if you have a um a gyro mount where or, or, or a location you want to put it and it's next to a side frame don't push it against the side frame as the side frames can also lead the vibration excess vibration onto the unit make sure it's is in the open
1: yep yep in the open i think that's a good part in the open yep um I think another basic basic thing here, and it, 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 you'll see it when you use uh, items like the Soko tool, is the CG of the aircraft. Um, you want to make sure the CG of your aircraft is proper before you go through a lot of these tuning items. Uh, as you will find, if you're if you're playing with items, that have to do with elevator precompensation. Uh, if your aircraft isn't CG you're gonna overcompensate for something wrong mechanically that is well within your control um, another item are uh, vibrations whether we're talking about vibration isolation uh, of the of the wires or the mount uh, and this vibration of the aircraft. Um, I know when I'm building an aircraft, a lot of times I will, uh, when I'm building it, or if I have questions, I'll strip the rotor blades off and I'll set it down on a table, usually isolated with, uh, with towels or, or shop rags and I'll spool it up. And, uh, I want to see if the hell is trying to walk around. If servos drift, even though I'm giving the wind uh, I'm looking for vibrations. I, I may put my hands uh, across the boom, uh, the side frame, uh, or depending upon your gyro model, you can, if you've if you've recorded a previous baseline before, you can compare it against a previous baseline, see if uh, the vibration baseline has changed, and you know pinpoint from there. Um, you know that's that's definitely something to do as far as vibrations. Uh, securing wires. Um, you know, a lot of the you look through a lot of the manuals, and you'll see though some of them give measurements of how far away the zip tie should be in securing the servo wires that go into it. Um, you know how you secure it—whether zip ties. Uh, you know, these days I actually use dental floss. <laughs> dental floss, yes. Uh, I use dental floss. It's a little bit.
0: It takes a. It takes a little longer to apply, but in the long run, it saves you. slice wires. your
1: wires. You can get it through yes, all sorts of
2: stuff, and if you're doing multi bundles, lacing tape. Will not try to squish everything into an ellipse.
1: Yes, yeah, that's that's the big one. Is is not not cutting the wires. Something that deals with vibration natively, and uh, it's cheap. It's plentiful. <laughs> so lacing tape is yes. definitely is definitely the 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 I wouldn't say the exotic, but the more expensive version. And what you'd see if you're using something like at a NASA scenario. Uh, for us modelers, yeah. Uh, dental floss waxed. (laughs) Um, I've, I've used zip ties before. I know looking through nitro models, I've seen plenty of people wrap uh, Velcro around it and then zip tie it. Um, but yeah, make sure you get your wires properly, uh, secured so that they're not, uh, putting vibration into the. Uh, controller, or they're going to gain. They, they're going to they're going to have a mass of their own where your maneuvers are going to pull the wires out over time.
0: Yes, yes. Make sure also your your wires aren't aren't pulling on the unit, where you could either cause the unit to start twisting on the servo tape or the gyro tape you have on there, so it's pulling it off you know off center, or it's 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 tugging and that wire is vibrating and it's tugging on the unit, causing excess vibration. Definitely uh don't lay your wires over top the of the unit because vibrations of those wires flopping around from maneuvers will cause vibration excess vibration to go into the unit
1: definitely um you know, one of the one of the last items here is actually securing the servo connections into the uh, into the controller. Um, I know, uh, you know, we were talking about it earlier. I, I use Shugu once upon a time, and there's mentions of it. But um, my experience with Shugu is it can be uh, a bit caustic to the plastic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh,
0: go li- if you really want to know more about that, go listen to RCHN.
1: <laughs> um, they did all the time with that. These days, uh, I, I like to practice uh, my old uh, my old welding skills and, and lay a bead of hot glue down on the connectors uh, right as they go into the controller. Or uh, I've definitely seen a lot of people do it uh, a 3M double stick uh, to the connectors. I've done
0: both. Now yeah. one one question with the hot glue though: What do you use? Do you use high temp or low temp?
1: Um, you know, I haven't practiced with, I, okay. So I use low temp. Yes, I have same. never used, I've never used high temp.
0: I have used high temp and though it does work, it creates a hell of a mess,
1: <laughs> but,
0: but you got to make sure you apply the low temp properly or it just, it's just going to vibrate off. It's just going to fall off. You got to make sure you actually put a nice smooth bead on there. Pretty, pretty large. Make sure you're actually getting over the the, the top of the, of the fly unit and if it's one, if it's the one that have the pins that go straight that you push straight down, so the vertical pins, uh, make sure it kind of kind of seeps over the edges of the of the casing. Yeah. Then we have something to grip onto.
1: Uh, I, I know for a lot of, um, yeah, because uh, DePaulo, I don't think you actually secure either way, do you? What? How do you secure your wires into uh, your icons? Hot glue. Hot glue. Okay.
2: Yeah, because I. Okay, I- can and almost have thrown wires out of my Flybrothers unit you know, if you fly I know. have. I have.
1: Yeah. Um, I haven't, but then again, I'm not, I'm not flying as hard as either you guys.
2: <laughs> yeah. The, the, the helis, the RC stuff, the jet, definitely. Yeah. They all got hot glue.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, Meyer I know Nazi. a lot of, <laughs> a lot of times I will, um, You'll see it on maidens. I, I still don't have hot glue down. Uh, I'm still a little open as to I might do a maiden and land the helicopter, decide to completely tear it apart. So uh, usually you'll see me apply hot glue after after. I'm happy with it. Two 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 or five flights. because um, I actually usually have a hot glue gun with me at the field.
0: I try to bring one as well.
1: Yeah. Um, so the next item, you know, a lot of times when I start out with a helicopter, um, you know, I've, I've done the bench setup on it. it I've, I've put in, you know, general gain values, uh, and selected general sizes for the helicopter, uh, is the feed forward items. A lot of these, a lot of these controllers have feed forward turned on by default. So they'll, they'll do pre, uh, they'll do torque precompensation for tail or governor. Um, and those things, you know, off the bat, if you're just going to fly default settings, they're great. You don't, you don't have to do it, but if you're going to get more in depth on your tuning, I would say right off the bat, um, turn them off and that you're turning them off just to tune. You don't, you know, you can, you can turn them back on and realize you've turned them off. But, um, you know, sometimes you may be, you may go to tune these following items we're going to talk about and your pre-comps are... Um, would be a good word. They're <laughs> they're not helping. They're actually they're actually hurting what you're, you're, you're seeing. If you're trying to tune tail gain and you see your tail jump, it may not actually be latent gain. It may actually be the pre comp. It saw you did, you know, a large collective movement and it did the pre comp. So um, right off the bat, if you're going to go more in depth beyond you know basic setups, a uh, good time to turn off the feed forward and your governor and your tail. That's usually where I see him at. Um, that's usually where I see him at and where you can use check a box or lower a slider. Um, or, yeah, check a box, lower a slider, or set it down to zero.
0: Yeah, that's something you can always go back into once you're finished programming the unit to be able to adjust feed forward and stuff like that.
1: Definitely, yeah. One of the last things we'll, we'll get back onto, onto the feed forward items. Um, one of the things I'll say is uh, the first time we're talking about here is, is tail tuning and things you can do to tune your tail. Um, these maneuvers are, are basically in an order that uh, your skill would progress. So. Um, you know, we all started out hovering. Um, we all started out hovering our helicopters, and, and it was a battle to do it. And at some point, you actually get control of it, and you have good, solid hovers, and you start to wonder about that in your tail or... Um, you know, it may not feel, you, you get to that point where you're like, I think I can make this perform better. So one of the first things to talk about is, uh, the gain on your tail. Usually, um, when it comes to a maiden, uh, I, I'll check the manual, check the manual for the fly controller for your size helicopter, choose that gain. Uh, when you go out and do your first hovering, uh, if, if you're, if, if you got it set up high enough that the tail wags, like, violently, it's pretty, probably pretty obvious you need to turn down your gain until it stops, till it stops wagging. Um, but from there, when you go from, uh, hovering, you know, the next maneuver I usually take one into is fast forward flight. And again, this is one of those things you'll see as you progress to your flying, you may find you go from hovering to fast forward and, and your tail starts wagging again, um, and, and all of this, all of this is going to say, I, I say all this to remember, you may need to check your mechanical items, because um, there can be mechanical things. I've seen it before. People incise ball links, or it's the middle of winter, and uh, the ball links are really tight compared to the summertime when you built the heli. So, uh, you know, I say all this expecting you're doing uh, <laughs> proper items for the physical, mechanical things of your helicopter, but... You go from hovering to fast forward flight, and you may find you go in fast forward flight, you get a little bit of a wag. Well, it's time to turn your tail gain down a little bit. You know, usually when I get into these type of things, I'll turn it down. You know, three points and check it. Uh, with fast forward flight, after that, you know, next maneuver to go into to tune it is fast backwards flight, putting some more pressure on that tail. Um, I'll listen for it to wag. And when I say fast, you you need to be flying fast, uh, as fast as you're comfortable with. And also, um, I'm usually looking to dig into the collective a little bit, you know, put some... Put some pressure on on the helicopters' uh, mechanics uh, to see if uh, mechanics and electronics to see if it's doing its job and, and whether or not it's it's trouble doing its job or the harder you press into it, you know, the it all of a sudden it shows up. Oh, there's the wag. Um, so yeah, fast backwards flight.
0: But also, also def- definitely. Uh- Go, go go! Don't like push it too hard. Go as fast as, as what you feel comfortable for. Like like you're saying that because there's no point of just going like fast, McGee, trying to you know go supersonic with it if you can't control the helicopter like that because there's no point of tuning it to that speed and you're nowhere near gonna be flying like that. You know that's not your flying style.
1: Agree. Yeah, agree. Um, I know a few of us, and I've witnessed it on the field. Is um, to take a guy who may have a sport flying smooth and gentle style, and he'll say, "Hey, hey, trusted member of my field, please tune my my tail." And that trusted person is a 3D smack monster, and he goes out there and starts doing some maneuvers, and the tail is wagging, and he, he you know, he he'll land it and he'll do adjustments, and you may find you take that helicopter back, and you're like, I don't like the way my tail performs now. Um, just because it was good for him and he, you know, emulates the best pilots in the world doesn't necessarily mean it was good for you and your tune is your tune. So, and that's, 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 Perfectly acceptable. And I, I expect that when uh, when I, when other people expect me to, to help, when other people ask to help, you know, they want to visualize what they're flying, what they're doing. And I'm not looking to go out there and be a smack monster with a helicopter and go, well, this thing isn't tuned well.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I've experienced that um, quite a lot with, uh, you know, for, for example, my Golden Fireball. I fly big air and 5,000 RPM. So when I try to do a low 3,300 RPM, uh, and try to do the same, you know, very similar maneuvers, you know, obviously managing my collective, it sucks. Like the tail blows out and everything because it's not tuned for that. It, it isn't. I haven't worked the ta- haven't taken time to, to tune it for that. I'm tuning it for big air and crazy head speed. Uh, and that's what it's tuned for. It's not tuned for half the head speed and with the same rates, it, it's, it's not going to fly. It's completely different. That's literally the ex- a perfect example for, of what you just said, Rob. You know, Fast McGee, he's, he's smacking around. And then you got, you know, your average Joe here that's still learning. And you can see what he's going to try to fly. And now his tail's blowing out every time he, he gives a slight collective or he tries to correct it. Now his tail's blowing out 180 degrees.
1: Definitely. Uh, back to the list. So we finished up fast backwards flight, and you may have adjusted your gain a little bit um, down because you found your wagging. The next one is uh, fast sideways flight, and specifically, we're talking about right to left for our um, for our tails that are set up on the right side of the helicopter. Uh, right side of the helicopter, we're talking about right fast right to left flight, and the reason is is this is the direction where. <clears throat> Um, the system is going to be more troubled to, uh, it's going to, it's putting more pressure on it. You're dealing with the torque of the motor and the, uh, and the fact that the helicopter wants to blow the tail out the same direction. So... This fast sideways right-to-left flight will start showing that your gain is, in fact, high enough. And you want to do this maneuver at a proper altitude because if the tail does let go, it'll usually go 90 degrees. and It'll take you from sideways flight into uh, forward flight. You do it high enough and you, you know, okay, you're in forward flight. You know, take back control of your helicopter and, and adjust it as needed. So fast sideways right uh, right-to-left flight. Um, usually I'll take a helicopter, put it tail in, I'll take it off to my right side, do a stall turn, except I won't do any rudder work, bring it out of the stall and start feeding it collective and bring it across the field, the field fast, loading that thing up and you'll hear the tail load up. You'll hear it load up. Um, and, and you know, understand you're pressing, you're pressing, your you're, you're, pressing the system into doing work for you and you want to see if it's going to hold, make sure to do it at a safe altitude. Um, Next one up there is the same as is again fast sideways right to left. Add in a sideways loop. So as you're flying from your uh, um, right side to your left side. Um, do right aileron and do a loop with the helicopter, keeping it tail in. Uh, again, do this high. Uh, this will put a lot of stress on that tail as as you go through um, as you go through the, the orientation change as it comes out of it and it gains speed. Especially if you do a very tight loop, pulling pulling the collective, um, and pulling the collective to do a really tight loop. This will put pressure on the system, and again, it'll go to fast forward flight. Uh, again, this checks to make sure you have enough gain on the system or if it's wagging the whole way across the field. Um, this is a maneuver and I think, uh, DePaulo will help us here in a moment where we start talking about PI and D, uh, what some of these maneuvers help you see these kind of things. Uh, the next item is forward hurricanes, um, Hurricanes go silly fast. So, this is one of those times you can load up the system again. uh, Pretty much one of those ultimate ones that will show you. Uh, You start going to hurricanes. So, forward hurricanes and then backwards hurricanes.
2: You really want to murder your tail?
1: Yep. There you go. I've done it. Rip Robert's tail gears.
2: (laughs) Good thing our club president wasn't there to yell at me for landing where I did
1: well yeah again we we're uh it was a golden hour as him and I at the field and there was there was uh there was a known thing about the first batch of uh, Thunder thunder e 700 gears oh gosh yeah and uh, Mike found it for me <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah it did well and that goes back to the difference in Mike and I's flying style I actually had many many fun and successful flights of that helicopter doing you know uh precision precision style and freestyle
2: yeah I'm that guy who has it for 30 seconds and blows the tail gears up
1: Yep. Uh, yep, he 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 pressed it and uh yeah, it didn't actually wag. It just went pop. <laughs> it
2: just went pop.
1: <laughs> it was like it just, whoa,
2: neutral pitch hit the auto hold, let it down.
1: Yep. So, yeah, backwards hurricanes, backwards hurricanes are definitely maneuver that are going to show it up. Um I know another one that I've I've played with is funnels. Uh tail down funnels going oh, real yeah. fast. Oh yeah. Um, the tail will, will show up. And so that's one of those things. If you start hearing your tail wagging and and you're, you're changing your flight style, um, You know, you'll see some guys, you know, I'll watch them and it'll be the first time their tails ever wagged. And and you talk to them afterwards and they'll be like, that's the hardest I've ever flown. You know, they're, they're, they get so much adrenaline in their body that they're, they're happy and jumpy. And they may not need to actually, they may not actually need to tune the tail that much. Uh, maybe, maybe a point or two. Uh, if it does it every flight. Yeah, dude. Apparently your skills got to the point. It's time to revisit your setup a little bit. You've you, you gotten better. Uh, next level. Welcome. Uh, time to tune.
0: <laughs> I've been cool. With I've my, been there.
2: I mean, usually, especially if you start hitting a wild DA change, you might find if you do a real overspeed, you might get a little bit of a wag. And you just land real uh, quick. You adjust it out five points and you go back to your business for the rest of the fun fly.
1: Definitely, um, you know, I, I as I know as we get into topics later and later, or episodes later and later, you know, you'll hear us mention DA a lot because uh, density altitude affects a lot of how these aircrafts run. I know um, sometimes I'll do this tuning at nighttime and I'll be really open. Your nighttime is when some of your lowest DA. Uh, and that means if you tune your tail for nighttime air, uh, daytime air, you may never hear a problem out of it but in daytime air you may be able to get away with a little more gain than you do at nighttime or it was tuned in the daytime and when you go to nighttime this heli's never wagged it's never it's never complained it's never whined guess what that da the da is going to show a little bit of wind. <laughs> You know, before I hit this last item, side of tail tuning, Mike. Uh, what do you got for us for uh, P.I. and D on the tail, especially when to like tail stop, uh, tail stops, and you know, just drifting the tail as as you're flying through some of these maneuvers.
2: Oh, lordy, that's a rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I guess we'll, we'll narrow that down to what are you looking for?
1: So I know a lot of times as I go through these maneuvers. Um, Fast forward and fast backwards flight never usually shows it, but fast sideways flight does. Oh. Um, as you, you you had the helicopter squared up as you flew across the field, but it, you notice as you're flying across the field, that tail isn't staying square to you in that fast okay. right to left.
2: Right. So I guess as far, I, I kind of assume like a basic idea what PID is in our audience, or if not, you can just look it up real easy. But uh, as far as PID to tail tuning, uh, P would be your instant response game. I'm going to like brevity the hell out of this. but So it, it's basically if your controller is sitting there looping along, it sees an immediate change like right now. And that would be P gain. It's proportional to the immediate change. And so like, if you do a punch out and the tail blows out loudly, that's you know the gain everyone's used to seeing. It's the one you turn up in your radio almost usually. or It's the, the main gain usually. And that's the one yep, you yep. crank it up until it oscillates or whatever. And you, know, you back it down 30% or so and you're good. So you're like, okay, cool. I just flew sideways, and my tail totally just blew sideways slowly, like a a gradual increase in error.
1: Well, and what I usually see, uh, Mike, is um, you know the the tail was square, like zero degrees. It was square with me. It was pointed at me, and and then it. It drifts thirty degrees. And it holds thirty degrees. It didn't blow out, but it it just holds thirty degrees. It doesn't. It wasn't square. It came out
2: right. So what you're looking at now is the over time error. Little little errors that over time have been building up, and that's what integral deals with. Integral being a math term for you know a summation. So what you're dealing with here is the controller has a gain that determines how hard it reacts to a buildup of error. So if you're doing that sideways flying and your last command was keep the tail pointed straight at me, like, you know, 90 degree to the flight line. And the tail is not doing that after P gain did its thing. Well, the controller looks at that and says, okay, there's a difference here. So that's my error, you know, subtraction. And then it'll scale that by, you know, a couple things usually depending on the algorithm, but the big one will be the integral gain, right? And then it'll add that to a stack of error. And it'll come around the next time. And If it sees the same thing, it adds more to that stack. And the idea behind this is if that stack gets big enough, multiplied by the gain, you've got an effect now. You start seeing that pop up in your tail control. So if it's set right, what will happen is that tail will start to slowly step out. That error will start building up. And then if your gain is set right and the controller is designed right, that that integral over time error will add up and it'll correct itself. You'll see a correction and the tail will, maybe it drifts a degree or two at the most, but that error will build up then and it'll bring it back to center. So if you go flying sideways, and you find that, oh, well, okay, the tail holds great in punch-outs, or if I bang the stick, the tail immediately moves, and it's good. But then if I fly sideways, or if I start doing pirouetting stuff while moving, you start seeing the tail whipping, you know, where it, it takes forever to come around against the wind and then whips around when it's with the wind. You're dealing with an eye gain error, an error over time, so you'd want to start bumping eye gain up to fix that.
1: I know... One of the great things in here is, is uh, around episode 100 of the RC. Heli Nation podcast, they gave some great um, uh, great explanations, and, and one thing I remember is, is talking about like the cruise control in our cars. You know the eye gain is, is once you slow down below that set speed of like 55, the eye gain is how hard does, does the car punch the throttle to get back to 55? Yeah,
2: how hard does it react to that, that slowness that it's sitting on? Or heading hold, really, that's what heading hold is, is you now have added integral. An error, yeah, it's an error over time thing, you know, it's like, uh, how hard do you deal with this constant load, basically? Right, you know, P-gain handles with that instantaneous load, like, bang, I just did a tail maneuver, whereas I-gain handles constant loading, like you're flying sideways, or you're doing a pirouetting flip, or pirouetting loop. Yep. You're constantly loading the tail, and you've got to deal with that. it's because of the drawback with P-gain, because if you have the P-gain so freaking high that it perfectly reacts to every little instantaneous error, the thing is going to spaz out incredibly. (laughs) So, you you bring in other terms. It's it's funny where PID originally came from. I I forgot the engineer's name, but the dude was basically sitting on the deck of a boat watching the yeoman driving the boat along and watching how the guy was reacting to... uh, Changes in how the boat was reacting, and then how he did the inputs for it. You know, watching how mm. uh, he turned the wheel a little bit, and the boat still wasn't doing what he wanted, so he'd keep turning it more. You know, adding more, more reaction to the error he was seeing. Yeah, and that's that's what, uh, in an essence, I gain especially is doing in your gyro is it sees it's not quite right, so it adds more, and that's that error every time it goes around and sees that error, it keeps adding more and more response until the error is fixed or it overshoots, and then it sees um, positive or negative air and goes back the other way, and that's when you get oscillation. (laughs) You don't want that.
1: (laughs) You don't want oscillations, yeah. Um, You know, uh, tail stop tuning is – so most of every controller that is on the market today allows you to tune clockwise and counterclockwise, and tail stop tuning is uh, (laughs) D-gain.
2: Right, so Um, another one that we've got to – I'm pretty sure most of us have been in a government building or a building with one of those automatic door closers, like uh, you know, like a big, heavy office door, right? You let the thing go, and it never slams. Ah, oh, the it'll, men's
1: room door. Yeah, the men's, room, a men's door. room
2: door. There we go. So you got this yeah. big, heavy door, right? You don't want this thing slamming. It, it weighs a ton. It's going to damage things if you let it slam, and people don't like hearing that when they're trying to work. So what you you look at the top of it. There's this little contraption up there that has an arm on it, and it's got resistance to it. And this thing is basically the mechanical um, embodiment of D-gain. So what this does and what D-gain does is, uh, in, in brevity here, you're basically, you've got your set point, right? The spot you want to be, and you're not there yet, right? And you've got error. So you're closing in on that thing, right? You know, maybe it's being stopped at a red light, right? And you're, you're moving towards the light. So what D-gain does, if you didn't have D-gain... You'd basically get right to the light and then slam your brakes, and go skidding wildly through the intersection. And you know you hit reverse, (laughs) and everyone's looking at you like, "God damn, look at that guy! He's you know he's insane." And you know you're in reverse, right? Right, so you're in reverse, and you're like, "Oh God, there's so much air. I'm I'm in the middle of the intersection. I need to be back at the line." So you slam this thing into reverse. You're hauling ass. (laughs) You cross the line again. You slam on your brakes. You're like, "Oh crap, I overshot it again." And then this just goes on and on until your tires, the cops show up, and
0: and they pull you out of the car and lock
2: you to the telephone
1: pole. Light turns green. Transmission. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: And there's a fix for this. Everyone who drives a car, uh, unless you're Ricky Bobby, will start slowing down. You start slowing down before you get to that light. So when you get to the light, you've slowed down nice. It's a nice, calm stop, and you stop at like a mile an hour, right? And there might be a little bit of a jerk, but for the most part, you're not killing the person in the passenger seat. And this is what D-gain does, and this is also the same thing that thing on the door does, is it lets the door close really fast until that last little bit and then softens it, so it's a nice close. Yep. And derivative gain is, is rate of change, right? So it's watching... How fast are we approaching the set point? And when we get close, you know, slow things down a bit. So, this is what happens in your heli, right? When you've got this tail stop problem now, right? You, you don't want to go skidding past your tail stop and pull your gears up. So, what you do is you you dampen the stop, basically, is what you're doing. Yep. So that when you you get close to it, right? Like, you told the tail to move 90 degrees, let's say. And the thing is hauling ass towards it. Well, when you add D-gain in, or some gyros, they call it stop-gain, and they add other parts of the algorithm, such and such, the idea is try to go as fast as you can until that last little bit and gracefully slow it down so you hit right on the mark and you don't overshoot. Or you don't get to the mark and then absolutely slam the tail control the other way and strip gears and everyone's laughing at you as you're screaming and your helicopter's pirouetting into the grill and now no one's going to have burgers and it's your fault.
1: Well, yeah, and, and the and the sad thing is is that when you do that hard stop you pop the gear and then a lot of time what we see the guys doing this maneuver is they're in a hover and they're probably at a safe distance up. But uh <laughs> yeah, your weekend's over unless yep. you got more gears in and that sucks. Don't be that so, guy. So the D gain's one of those items you wanna you wanna work with slowly. Um, and Hard, crazy stops, you know, we see a lot of guys do it, but, you know, what you didn't see is when they were tuning it to make sure that the stop was was crisp and proper and looks good, not such a hard stop as to basically like... Uh, you know, I imagine it is—is is you always hear guys in the men's room dropping toilet seats, and it's so damn loud.
2: Yeah, and how long do those <laughs>
1: toilet seats last? How long do they last? They are just smashed in all the time, and it's awful sounding. And you're just like, dude, your gears—your gears got no hope, brother. And Don't it's gonna be bad. Toilet soon.
2: seat your gears. <laughs> That's a catchphrase. That's quotable. Don't toilet seat your shit. <laughs>
0: there is a quote um, of the day. <laughs> um.
2: I mean, the flip side of this is don't overdo it. You don't want to be the guy who lets off the stick and then the hell is like and slows down like a like a middle aged woman at a stoplight.
1: Well, you know, a lot of times I've I, I've 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 had I've lived in houses where the screen door finishes closing about three or four minutes after it was last opened, and you'll yeah. be sitting on the couch and you'll hear it do the final latch, and you're like, "Oh, oh. that was a long time." Yeah, excessive
0: it's, it's D-game.
2: <laughs>
1: Successive D gain.
0: Actually, it's Um, a freight train
2: trying to slow down. Because technically, to an extent, these gain components are separate a little bit. If you crank the D gain to something absurd, the system now can't respond fast enough compared to how you've tuned it and you'll get oscillation. Like, it'll just keep overshooting back and forth because the damping has been tuned up so high, it can't ever really hit the set point. Like, depending on how the code is written, you'll get that effect.
1: It's one of the interesting things that you know uh uh DePaul and I have gotten to conversations is just the math on how fast a tail is tuning and the rigidness of it is how noticeable these settings are oh, on yeah. a tail.
2: On a tail. Well software comes in there too.
1: Software definitely does, written.
2: but like there's a real nasty surprise called uh, derivative kick, which is <laughs> if uh yeah, it sounds as it is as bad as it sounds, is where if you your your machine or whatever you've got is, you know, putting along real nice and uh, you change a setting in there. This would be the equivalent of you've got your heli and your radio immediately... Or no, like if you've got your tail position or something, right? And immediately you tell it to go from 0 degrees to 90 degrees, like an instantaneous command change. That just basically made a derivative of that is basically infinity. (laughs) Because you just went from 0 to 100 in one step. There was no nice curve. There was no nice slope. It was just, bang, I want 100 right now, and uh, if you haven't written the code to deal with that kind of scenario, it can cause all sorts of havoc. Whee! <laughs> Most, I think pretty much all, it's like a PID 101 thing if you're writing code. It'll be in there somewhere. You'll see derivative kick, and another one is integral windup, which uh, that one's popped oh, up before. I won't give people help for I do to into it. that yeah, one. Yeah, but it's, it's popped up. A, a couple people have run into that one. I did it once. And yeah. it wasn't – usually it's a bug that will do it. You change something yeah. here and then suddenly nothing works anymore. You're like, this is balls.
1: Um, so, yeah, now that now that you've gone through, you know, most or all these maneuvers to tune your tail – um, you come back to the step of adding feed forward in for your tail, um, tail stop tuning course is just doing clock, clockwise and counterclockwise stops, making sure it stops firmly and, and crisply, but not so crisply that it bashes your gears to death.
2: No toilet seats. Um,
1: no toilet seats. Uh, feed forward. What I'll, what I'll do for feed forward is I will do, um a really quick climb outs followed by really quick stops. And then uh, like really quick descents followed by really crisp stops. And I'm not watching the rotor head. I'm watching the tail. Um Because after you adjusted all your gains, you you, you 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 still may see a little bit of kick around on the tail. So you can add in feed forward that when the controller sees collective, it will just automatically feed oh, in pre-comp. a little bit of rudder. A pre-comp. pre-comp. Yeah. yeah.
2: I was wondering if you are saying feed forward and for the record – Feed forward and PID or control land is basically, I guess it would be feed forward. Yeah. Pre-comp is
0: a form of feed forward.
1: It is. Yeah. Now, what,
0: now yeah. Ex- you might want to explain a little bit of feed forward people that don't really understand um, that too much. It literally, you're basically skipping the control algorithm.
2: Yep. You're feeding you forward input before the control algorithm even has a chance to get to it. So, right. like PID especially is one of the, is a imperfect control system. Uh, you've got, I think it's, was it PQR control? Hey, hey. I'm, get, hey, I'm Mike, getting that. I'll turn it down. But it's-
1: yeah, yeah, let, let, me, let me break this down even simpler. For the guys who flew flybar helicopters, they remember that when they did things like axial rolls, oh, yeah. that the nose would pitch up or pitch down depending mm-hmm. upon the direction of the roll. The controllers, the manufacturers, the guys who write the code know this. These helicopters and their physics are not unknown. They're knowns. They feed forward in elevator for us so that we don't have to do it in the radio anymore.
2: Basically, the short version is controls are imperfect, and if you got a system that does something predictably every single time, don't even worry about the controller dealing with it. Just put the control response in there, right? Like, oh, uh, here's a good one. Pitch bumps and the elevator dragging because you've got this big old weight hanging off the back of your helicopter. So guys have seen this. Um, If you do a punch out, you may notice that the Elevator sometimes will drag a little bit, drags down. You do a pinch bump down, the elevator drags up a little. This is to an extent pretty consistent. Same thing with uh, you know Robert talking about a punch out and seeing if the tail blows out a bit from the torque, the instant torque. Or yep. it, this this comes up basically a pre comp anywhere. Like if you know the problem, it's pretty easy to just stick a constant number in there to, to deal with it. Like <laughs> yeah. I know my tail will blow out. This much proportional to how much pitch I give, and you just tell the controller, uh, look, just take how much collective I gave you and multiply it by a, a number and make that the output for the tail. So it always puts in a little bit of control. It's it's basically automated trim is what it is. You're skipping the control algorithm altogether, you're just putting some input in there.
1: Well and maybe you're cheating. Mm. Yeah,
2: if you're talking to plankers from the seventies, sure.
1: Yep. If you're talking to them, but you know, think about it like this: uh, if anyone's ever been in a front-wheel drive car that has a lot of torque, you dump the clutch to launch off the line. You get what's referred to as torque steer. Yeah, it's, well, it's always kind of like planes
0: too. Planes are the exact same way. Like you know, my, I get my, um, Mike, I'm pretty sure you you've had the same experience with your uh, with your 71 inch uh, yeah You get torque, but you, you, if you yeah. do
2: certain knife edge things, you'll have this same effect that always happens every time. So you have like a a mix or a trim in there to just to deal with it. Just like on a takeoff, you know, the plane
0: wants the the plane wants to bank towards the left because now of course the engine yeah torque of the engine. Now of course you have you're on your firewall on planes. It's always tilted on the you know on on the opposite angle, so it counteracts that. But you still have uh, and that can also change with the prop size, the prop pitch, everything about you know. Is it a two blade? Is it a three blade? Uh, That can also change, and you may have to add a little bit of rudder to keep it correct. Same thing with a torque roll. If you if you're vertical and the plane starts. You know, torque in the opposite direction based off the of the of the torque of the prop. Uh, you can have a little bit of aileron in there to keep it straight if you wanted to. That's kind of the same thing. I guess the simplest version of this would just be—it's pretty much an automated trim. Exactly. Yeah. It's it, yeah. Basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, the big thing is on the tail. Um uh, one I, I know for like f3c in hovering I'll actually turn tail feed forward off as little little collective commands kind of becomes uh, drift over time so I'll turn it off because I don't really need need the pre comp for the tail and and just solid competition hovering uh, when you get towards you know 3d and everything and, and doing loops this stuff actually comes in because it's it's nice to have it you know precompensate that collective use poles and, and give your helicopter and your environment, your head speeds, you know, the just the right amount of rudder in order to hold the helicopter going the same direction. Yeah,
2: and I guess another place this pops up too is just uh, it's just feel. Because yeah, there's pre-comp, that's one way of doing feed forward, but another one is just literally feed forwarding your control input. And uh, flybars did this, you know, where uh, if you ever look at a flybar, I mean, this is probably like archaic to most people, but if you ever looked... <laughs> At a fly bar control, you'd have... It was a mix. It was Bell Hiller. Like, the older systems, way back in the day, were either you didn't have direct control of the rotor head, you had to go 100% through the fly bar, or you had direct control over the rotor head, and it was only slightly damped, and it was a wild ride. So the Bell Hiller system mixed both of this. It had the fly bar to damp, and to add stabilization, and you also had a direct control to the rotor head. You know, like, the, the pitch linkages you had went straight through it, mixed by their fly bar to the rotor head. And that's the, the mechanical version of Feed Forward is, you have inputs that skip right past the uh, the control loop and directly get sent straight to the rotor head. Now this, what this does is it gives you a, a lively feel. So it's an example, uh, you'll find it in certain controllers. If I remember it, I think Turning Up Agility does this in the Icon too, and I know Icon does have Feed Forward, I'm pretty sure, haven't looked in a while. And I think, I've never looked at the code in a V-bar, but turning up style, I think turning it up does it, makes it feel less robotic, or is it the other way around, Robert?
1: Style is robotic and fluid. Okay. But we'll get into that in a Which, second. Whichever
2: but... way it goes to fluid, I think, <laughs> is the one I want. Is you basically just skipping the control, and it'll make things feel more lively, but also looser, because now the control has less involvement in your inputs
1: so let's not skip too far forward that's for Um, the rotor head later yeah um you know really uh, on 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 the finish out the feed forward of the pre-comp for the tails i'll do you know quick climb outs followed by quick descents and uh, depending upon your controller you may have control over both directions or just one of them um what i'm looking for is uh, trying to decrease you know just that one or two degree tail kick um you know to be really honest uh you know, good pilots, you're not gonna see it, but it's still there. Um you can't make these machines perfect. You know, uh, high power, you know, torque motors, um crazy amounts of pitch, all these things can can really work against you. And you know, good pilots will minimize all that. So uh you know, last 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 real thought on this one is some of it may still be there, you're just trying to get it as best as it can be.
2: It's a trade-off. It, it, yep. It's kind of one of these things they pound into you in engineering school is there is a good enough. <laughs> it's there. It's a lot easier to get to than perfect. I was just about to say that. And, you know, sometimes it's like instead of banging the sticks as hard as you possibly can, maybe damp the stops yourself. Like when you do pitch pumps or something, don't, like, smack the stick as hard as you can up and down. you only, you know, get used to using the pitch you need to make the heli move.
1: Yeah.
0: Otherwise, I'll be, like, breaking things because that's fun. Yeah, there's a point, there's a point where you just say screw it and fly and have fun. Don't, don't, (laughs) don't freaking drive yourself crazy and out of this hobby just because you can't get that last quarter of a degree out. We all know the guy in the field that just like bang sticks around like a madman.
2: Oh my. And always wonders why his helis don't fly right, no matter how much tuning he does.
0: Oh my gosh.
2: (laughs) I mean, it's it's not even like any one person. It's like, it's a lot of people just never. They see guys doing crazy stuff and they want to try and do it. The thing is a lot of those dudes doing the crazy stuff are also really practiced in smooth things. Yeah. That's how they can get that fast. You can you gotta when you start getting to that level, especially with Nitro, you have to be able to eke out every bit of power in the engine. If you tried racing a car like that, you'd get smoked.
1: Yeah. Um okay, we're gonna move forward to head tuning maneuvers.
2: Yay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So happy again. Uh, Wait, we're you not know, the done fir- yet. No. No. Oh my uh, gosh. Again, um, you know, the first item is uh, start out with a gain value that the manufacturer lists for your size heli. Uh, you know, the interesting thing here when it comes to gain is, is the rotor head is. It, it's not as, as as direct as a tail, so you have a wider range of what is good. Um, uh, I know some controllers, there's, there's just a spot, you set it and forget it, and you go about your life. Uh, some helicopter designs will require you to work more in this area, some won't.
2: You change wildly different blades, too, that can mess with you.
1: Wildly different blades, uh, scale helicopters. I've seen scale helicopters in my experience abuse every tuning number I'm used to going through. They they, they will abuse all of it on you. And it's not because they're wrong or anything. It's just it's a different operating uh, mechanic and environment for them. But, you know, uh, first up, get your gain in a a good area. Um, And I know Mike here talks about, uh, you know, a little bit about jabbing and such. So I'm just going to stay from here that. Set your game what the manual recommends. Um, they all explain it. Usually, when it comes to style, most everyone's controllers has style. The style takes you from robotic, where... Um, It'll take you from robotic, which, which will, you know, it'll take you from robotic, which, you know, the helicopter seems to move to everything and and snap into place to smooth and fluid where the helicopter just feels like it's, it's there moving around. Um, Usually I I try and keep it towards the middle when you're going through this initially, before I start dealing with just feel, because I want to get the controller adjusted before I deal with feel, because feel is like a feeling. It's not really so much, it deals with math, but it's, it's, it's getting a feeling to what you want, not necessarily. what the controller can do so usually first up i'll start with uh continuous flips and the reason i choose flips over rolls is uh, most every one of these helis has more mass um in that in that orientation then they do in, in a roll you know for 700s you have a boom and a tail case and your canopy and the rotor head whereas if you do a roll you're not you're not dealing really with trying to flip the whole tail over itself you're just letting it roll roll with the whole model um, so I'll start with flips and what I'm looking for here is um, you know, that, that number that every one of our controllers had us punch in on the bench, uh, depending upon the size of the helicopter, it may tell you, find eight degrees, find nine degrees. It'll tell you to, to start out with some number. It's a starting point. It's not the absolute say-all, end-all. It's a starting point. Um, your blades, your head speed, your servos... The weight of your helicopter, they all control this. And so what I'm looking for is that's a starting point. You know, if they may tell you eight degrees, I'll take the helicopter, or put it up in the air, and I'll do, you know, I'll do in-place flips. And I'm listening to the rotor head, or if the helicopter has got sort of sort of telemetry, some way of telling you how fast the maximum speed of the flip it attained, just what it attained. I'll bring the helicopter down and I'll increase that that cyclic rate. I'll increase it a little more and I'll go back up in there, uh, in the air and I'll do that continuous flip again. Uh, I'm listening for rotor head noise. You know, when it's, when it's flipping, is it making crazy noises? Is it, does it sound like blades are trying to chew through a tree? <laughs> are you, are you, are, are they echoing off the hillside or is it just going around and is doing his thing? Um, Bring it back down, you know, what did it sound like? Did the do the numbers, did the numbers support that the helicopter actually rotated, you know, flipped faster? If they do start giving a little more. At the point you know you've given it too much, if the if the controller is recording it, the number won't go up anymore despite you adding more cyclic. If uh if you don't have a, a number to read back, you, at some point you just notice that the rotor head is making more noise, but the helicopter is not flipping any faster. <clears throat> you've at that point you've reached you've reached the limit of what your setup and the configuration you have is going to reach. Um, at that point, I'll back it down a little bit because you don't want to. F- I'll back it down a little bit because overfeeding uh, overfeeding the, the the cyclic can lead to uh, Shaggy's favorite topic Of overfeeding cyclic
0: Overfeeding cyclic
1: oh. Overfeeding cyclic and then throw in some collective And oh! you get
0: Oh Yeah <laughs> what I did at Urcha You get boom strikes Watch so, the video you'll see exactly <laughs> What that does um, Link will be in the description
1: You know so the starting Point's a good thing the, the, the manufacturers Are trying to put us a safe range you're not going to blow your stuff up um, it's a, you know they'll, they'll they'll say that there must be this. The thing is, is a starting point, and this con- this directly controls the control loop. The the DePaulo mentioned a, a bit ago that it's always looking at what's going on, and uh, the the you know how much cyclic pitch it has to be able to counteract external forces is going to make the helicopter fly well. Or you may find that you know you do something hard like a um like a really fast rainbow with a hard stop and you may find the rotor disc seems to fall out you know it's it dips it may dip on like aileron or it may it may dip a bit and it really comes down to the control loop doesn't have enough cyclic to counteract just how hard you stopped um <clears throat> So, yeah, flips. Check your check to make see if it's making too much noise or if it's recording. See if it's <clears throat> what maximum rate it attains. Smaller helicopters will flip faster than larger helicopters. Three blade flips faster than two blades. Um, after that, some things to see if it's if it's doing a good job is uh, hard pitch pumps. Not really quick, but more of um. I'll descend quickly and stop hard on a descent and I'll watch the rotor disc. Does the rotor disc dip down and come back? Does it dip down and stay? You know, it says that's a control loop. Um, from there you can, and Mike will get to it in a moment. You can start playing around with the eyes and the D's. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the hard stops will start showing whether or not your control loop has enough. Um, style sliders. A lot of times, um, you know, you're you're the hard 3D guys. We all we all you know watch and talk with. You know, a lot of them are flying a lot a lot more fluid than you would think robotic. Uh, one of the downsides of going too high on style into a robotic range is you can get into stickiness. The helicopter doesn't want to move, which will start appearing as oscillation. And once it starts oscillating, you may, uh, and I did it, I'll rightfully admit I did it, I I turned my uh, style up really high to robotic. I saw it oscillating, I started playing with gains. The gains weren't the problem. I just had the robotic up too high. Turn it down. Um you get too fluid, you may find the helicopter just doesn't ever feel connected. You you give it commands, and it's just uh, I'm out here doing my thing. <laughs> you're along uh, for the ride. Yeah, you're along for the ride. Uh, external forces are gonna impact your aircraft. And you just don't feel like it's it's following what's going on. So, the next bit is is after you've worked with those, uh, uh, Mike, uh, you know, tuning on PI and D for your rotor head, uh, you know, what maneuvers can you do to start seeing these things?
2: So, same thing as a tail. There's a couple maneuvers that will – if you know how PID works, you can kind of figure, all right, well, these will definitely test that certain part of the algorithm. So, I guess the first one that you can tell is just like a tail. If you've got – and I should probably have mentioned this earlier, but if you're starting from scratch – and you want to try and make your own presets or whatever, and you don't really, or if you start from a really really tame preset on a controller, generally you want to keep all the gains lower, and you want to isolate P first, and that just that just comes from like industry standard tuning practice. You usually, you can start from a preset, but anyway, so P gain. If you're looking at a helicopter and it's things hovering, uh, P gain again deals with instantaneous response, like the, you know the first jab or the first quick movement response to that. So If you've got really low P-gain, and you bang the stick in a direction, or you jab, and you're like, don't let go of it either, because that'll cause oscillations, but if you make a quick movement on the stick, you know, controlled and quick, and the helicopter just kind of sits there, probably your P-gain is too low. Uh, The other one is, if you've got an aileron or elevator shake, is a good chance your P-gain might be too high, or if you start seeing that, if you make a movement and the thing shakes a bunch, it can also be D, and I will get that in a minute. But uh, P-Gain, generally, it's just response in any kind of movement, any kind of cyclic, uh, quick movements, tick-tocks, jabs, anything like that, you'll see it. It'll, It'll just feel mushy. Like, the whole thing will feel mushy.
1: Yeah. I know, uh, I was playing with a controller a couple of years ago and, uh, I really went mad with P gain and, um, you could hear it. It was, it was a little difficult for me to see, but you could hear it. You would hear the, the oscillation. oscillation from the jab. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and, you know, I'm running, I run a, a usually I run like 15 to 20 expo. that's what I like. You know, and even with expo, you could still hear oscillation.
2: So then, I iGain. Uh, very easy to see this on an icon that'll let you tune things individually. Icon brains let you tune things individually. If you have your P and D gain set fine, right? And you take your I gain way down, you're going to notice the helicopter just being lethargic and not particularly following continuous commands, right? Because I gain deals with error over time or uh, a continuous load. And continuous load, in this case, would be I'm holding the cyclic stick to the right. And I want to do a slow roll. Well, if eye gain is crap, then if it's low enough, it won't even do anything. Because what will happen is the heli will see that you made a difference. So there's a set point difference and there's error, but there's no eye gain to do anything about it. So it never builds up. So you'll get the same generic, crappy, lethargic response all the way until it finally gets there. <laughs> it, it just, it'd just be like the helicopter is like broken or something, what it would fly like. If you've got a low eye gain the helicopter will move but you might notice that it's not keeping up with speed so if you go up I don't want to say about 80 feet or so and you go full right aileron and you see the helicopter and you're like I know I have the pitch to do 250 degrees a second but that is totally not 250 degrees a second you you can very (laughs) clearly see the thing is not even remotely close or a really good example would be if you bang the stick to the right and hold it it might move really fast at first and then slows down like nothing well, you just saw the P-gain acting quickly on that initial jump, and now the I-gain is doing nothing about the continuous error it's seeing. Like, you're commanding it to do 250 degrees a second, it's doing, like, 140, it sees the difference, it notes it, and then doesn't do anything with it, because the i is not there. So, I-gain <laughs> is a good place where you might find if your rates are seemingly very low, and you're wondering what the hell's going on, you've got 15 degrees of cyclic like a madman, and nothing's happening. A good chance is uh, if you've got everything else set up right, the eye gain is probably too low. Another place you'll see it is high-speed flight, or if you're trying to do like a continuous... Anything continuous, so like a a nice turn, for example, if the helicopter feels really mushy in the turn or doesn't feel locked in and you're like, a lot of people might talk about, is a place you'd find eye gain. But uh, usually the place to see if you've got enough of it, just the easy right off the bat, if you're in the ballpark, is whether or not the helicopter will attain the rate you're requesting. Now, there's an asterisk on the end of that, and it's, is the rate you're asking for reasonable? I'm sorry to say, no, your 700 is not going to do 400 degrees a second on roll. Ain't happening. (laughs) 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 So, let's get that out of
1: the way after right. Not Um, continuously. Yeah. Not continuously. I will will say,
2: small helis, like X3s and Oxy3s, Oxy2s, will absolutely do 360 degrees a second. And it's terrifying. Yes, it's it stops being fun. Like uh, Christian, money, and I were messing around, and I cranked it all the way up to see how fast I could get the X three. I handed it to him, and he's like, uh, "This isn't fun anymore. I want the old one back." <laughs> it's just too fast. The heli will do it, but it just the things are. You can get the the mass of the aircraft moving so quickly that the uh, the gyro even starts having trouble stopping, and the aircraft itself doesn't really fly right anymore. So. Yeah, asterisk on that one. Pick a reasonable rate. Most big helis, anywhere from 250 to like 280, most big helis can pull that off with a good setup. Yep. That's like, everything I have is all set to 280 for consistency, and every single one of them... Yeah, my E7 N- is set for 280. N7, E5, the U5, the, uh, the X3, even the little Blade 180, they all can pull 280 no problem, and it's a nice... But it's It's quick. It's not slow. I mean, you're coming up on... Three hundred degree, you know, three sixty, almost once a second. It's quick.
1: Two hundred and eighty degrees is quicker than you realize. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I know helping helping guys, uh, you know helping guys with a Fataba gyro because it records is uh, yeah. seven hundreds. Uh, brains two, will a, do it too. A two bladed seven hundred I haven't seen go over like two hundred eighty five consistently. You can get initials, they'll do it, but not, not a continuous. And um, yeah, I so I'll let a controller, I'll, I'll program it so the controller can do 285. But my commanded input, uh, I like for my 3D bird, I like about two sixty-two 260, sixty-five. For my F3C bird and the aerobatics, I'm around 250 right now. Yeah, I'm lower for the aerobatic stuff. Hovering, yeah, hovering, uh, hovering. <laughs> my robotic <laughs> is maxed out on style. No, I'm not an eighty. I'm at twenty-seven, Mike. Woo! But that's what goes yeah. back to reason why my setup would scare me. Wow! It, it, my, my 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 myself four years ago would be freaked out flying my setup today. Because 27 degrees a second is not a lot of control. No.
0: <laughs> Basically, go up all the way to like 400 feet, start your roll, and you may finish it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Not even. It
1: doesn't. It wouldn't yeah. finish. It it now, wouldn't. real quick, Rob.
0: What what was the setup of on the helicopter that you let me fly What on that E7 or the E5? Uh,
1: you flew my F3N bird. That was 265.
0: 265. Wow. That's, that's actually... That yeah. felt nice. That felt really... I, I might it's, actually drop my It's a it's that controllable t- speed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that, like, really like, like Make sure
2: you're actually hitting... Like, I hear a lot of guys, I'll, I'll hear them talking in the brain forms, like, oh, I've got my shit to 360 degrees. I'm like, are you sure about that? Like, I really just want to start dropping John Cena memes all over that thread, like, are you sure about that? Because you totally are not getting 360 not on that 700-size helicopter. I can swear to
0: God on that. I will put money on that.
2: Well, oh... All- wait three blade three blade will do it yes. three
0: blade
1: will three blade will get you there. close yeah it's um, like 320 or something like that no, not... not uh, 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 A three-bladed rotor head. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the big thing I'll argue is some controllers let you work with initial speeds, and they will attain a very fast initial speed, and then they'll slow down into the speed that you want for continuous. So um, some controllers let you adjust it like that. Others... Others are you know, people are looking they're you know, like I want I want it quick off center, so they will just tell the controller I want four hundred degrees. The heli can't attain it, but they get their off center feel they're looking for.
0: <laughs> they get a quick
2: response. It'll move great for about half a second and then it slows down or bogs and you know, you stall the airfoil, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> that always sounds great when that happens.
1: And, and, and you know the different controllers you know the fun thing is is the math is the same on PAD. you're not you, <laughs> our controllers haven't figured out a different way to do physics because physics is physics
2: <laughs> yeah
1: um, but some of us some of us have different ways of playing with these these settings and when I mean some of us I mean these controllers um, they'll let you play with initial you know initial speeds off center uh, continuous speeds um, you know and those are all great things so yeah there's there's ways to get it to to overshoot so you can have quick off center and and such, so that's my end of that part.
2: <laughs> so last bit is D gain. How the hell do I do with D gain on a rotor head? Um well you know that thing, that, that tail thing that sticks out of the back of your helicopter a solid two feet? <laughs> that's a momentar it's a big old lever arm and it's a hell of a lot of weight to have hanging out there versus your aileron. Yep. And this of course presents a problem to the to the controller because now it's gotta deal with this huge weight on a pendulum yeah. sticking out of the back that it has to stop and start reasonably nicely see the d stands for doom <laughs> <laughs> so put the thing put the heli in a hover side into you if you can or even tail in is fine you won't see it as much though.
1: just watch the tail case
2: yeah you yeah, you'll, you'll see it really big from a from a side view is if your d gain for the elevator is not set high enough and you do a cyclic jab forward or you stick the jab back, and you don't let go. Don't let go of the stick, right? Because then the thing will shake and you'll ruin it. But if you do the stop and you see the thing overshoot and bounce up and down a couple of times, or even a little bit, or just overshooting, ah, uh, that's because the gyro is not damping the stop early enough to deal with the extra weight of the tail rotor. Yep. And uh, I think oh, a really good example of this is if you've got a brain, go and look in the advanced menu and look at the D gain for aileron. Uh, you know, five usually is like one of the settings I've seen a lot. And then you go look at the elevator, uh, 60. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, up I've towards that range that. for like a bigger, I think the bigger presets are somewhere like 65 and 70 for big helis.
1: Yeah. So, I, um, I know, I know on my controller, I think I swing from like 80 to 110 to deal with my, to deal with elevator and boom.
0: Wow.
2: That's on like a CGI, right? Yeah. Quite a bit. Yeah. So, point being, uh, it's, a, it's a matter of, of stop and, and D-gain is really one of those, you won't see it unless you're doing a lot of quick movements. But other places you might see it are TikToks. Yes. Again, if you're doing yes. nice and controlled TikToks, and make sure you're using collective, you're doing a TikTok right first. Because if you just bang the sticks around, it doesn't matter how good your controller is, the hell is going to shake and do other nonsense. Nice crisp stops. Right. But anyway, assuming you're doing the TikTok, you know, mostly right. Uh, if you see the helicopter on the stop, it overshoots or does other weirdness. It's probably a D-gain issue, or the gain's turned up too high in general, all of them, so the thing overreacts and overshoots.
1: I would, I would, I would, uh, I would give the cross point that if you're doing elevator TikToks with a disc towards you and not side in, you're probably not going to see. you not see Degain on elevator,
0: which yeah, really brings it,
1: up the tick-tock. fact that you.
2: Let me clarify that aileron TikTok is where you'll see it. Trailer on D gain. Elevator TikToks you usually won't see the uh the D gain problem because you're not you're not moving the helicopter around. The helicopter is no longer the center, is what I'm getting at. Like a, like an elevator TikTok, you're moving the whole heli back and forth. The tail's not actually moving that much if you're doing doing them real nice.
1: Yeah, I would I would argue that if you have the skill to do side in elevator TikToks. You'll see it. You'll see
0: it. You, I, I see it. I, 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 yeah. I've been seeing some, so I got to work on that. If you're that.
2: doing like a real perfect elevator TikTok, the tailcase ain't moving.
1: Yeah, I, I know for myself. Um, basically, it's not the start of the jab on elevator and a hover. It's the end. It's it's the end when I let it come back and the elevator just bounces around. Yep. And it's really clear at that point that I need to give it elevator degain.
2: I see. So, I, I'm thinking we almost do like YouTube videos on this where I'll just go out there. Yeah, we can do that. YouTube videos for here's a helicopter in a hover. Here's what good gain looks like. Here's bad gain, and you know here's too little gain, kind of thing. Yeah, because it's it, it's again it's one of those things that unless someone's standing there to point it out to you, or if you unless you get a really good eye, it, it's tough to know. Am I looking at what it's supposed to be like? You know, what's the benchmark basically? Yeah. So, when the weather warms up, we'll do that. Uh, Warms up. We live in Delmarva, man. It's negative five, but it's sunny. Let's go.
1: (laughs) So, I'm going to get into the last item that most all these controllers have on them, and that is the elevator uh, pre-comp. Depending upon the size of the helicopter and just how much weight there may be out there on your boom, um, it will lag behind behind, uh, collective movements. And so, the elevator pre-comp... compensates for that you know on the bench you can actually uh on the bench um you can actually turn that number up and and then run your collective and just watch what it does to your swash you'll see that it it adjusts your swash it leans you know it, it'll uh, for like positive collective it will uh do forward elevator in order to bring that boom up a little bit and for negative collective like a descent it will um um It will do back elevator in order to, you know, raise that elevator back up a bit or lower it actually a little bit Um, so flying maneuvers to check how much pre-comp is really needed Uh, if you have a windless day it doesn't really matter which direction you go but uh, usually um, usually the wind is blowing so I'm looking for just over time where does the helicopter go in the big picture and uh, one primer to this your CG needs to be set up right because Your elevator pre-comp, you you may feed in too much for it to deal with CG issues, or if you're not putting your batteries in the same place every time, again, your pre-comp isn't going to help much when your helicopter is dynamically changing because you place the batteries in different places. All that to say... Uh, first up, what I'll do is I'll put the helicopter you know, nose into the wind and I will start doing uh, not like violent pitch pumps, but pitch pumps. I'm not watching the boom. I'm watching where the helicopter goes. Does it stay in line with something off in the distance? Is it is it going forward? Um, is it going forward? So usually what I would expect to have happen is the helicopter will start to drift backwards because the elevator is lagging behind your pitch pumps. So um if you're adding the pre-comp, you'll start getting the helicopter to stay in front of you if you as you do these pitch bumps. And when I said not by violent, usually I'll climb up like 50-60 feet, descend 50-60 feet, climb up 50-60 feet, and I'm not looking for violent stops. I'm just looking for the 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 climb and the descent, the climb and the descent to do it over and over again. And the reason if you do it over and over again, <clears throat> With the wind at the nose and you find you're going backwards, well, uh, you know, you, okay, so I, I might need to increase my pre-comp. So what I'll do is I'll turn the helicopter 180 degrees, get the next side in, now with the wind at the tail, and I'll do it again. If the helicopter backs up, even with the wind on the tail, on the back of the heli, yeah, your elevator's lagging. It's lagging so much that even the wind doesn't have an effect on it. <laughs> um, up your pre-comp a little. Go out there and do it again. Go both directions if you're dealing with wind. Um, and and you'll you'll go both directions even when you're dealing with wind on your pre-comp and you, you know dial it in, dial it in for your helicopter. Uh, the coup de gras to test this afterwards is pure pitch pumps, and they don't have to be violent. We're still talking about that climb and the descent. And what I'm looking for is a helicopter is pirouetting while pitch pumping in line with you or, or something you've lined it up with, or as a helicopter wandering around.
0: you wobble. a wobble.
1: Well, there is pure wobble. And if you did, um, if you, uh, there is pure wobble. If you did previous steps properly, pure wobble should be nearly eliminated. Um, but yeah, uh, well, I'll do it. I'll look for the golden hour when that wind really dies down. That's some of the times I may fly a day and then wait for that time, and then do pure pitch pumps or just standard elevator or just standard pitch pumps out in line with myself and see if the helicopter's wandering around any bit and and check the CG if if I was dumb enough not to do my CG or check my elevator pre comp. Um, you know, to the to the item you mentioned, pure wobble. Uh, pure wobble comes back to the controller doesn't have enough uh, cyclic response to deal with the external forces present in the helicopter, and that goes back to you know that that cyclic number they told you to dial in on the bench. Is a starting point. You can right. adjust it from there. Um, and, and pure wobble is one of the ways you'll actually notice it. If you just go out there and pirouette the helicopter really fast, do it as a baseline. Go out there and take a base model and pirouette and see how much wobble you have in the model and then start adjusting your cyclic for what the model can actually handle and do. And you'll notice your pirouette wobble will decrease because the controller is able to to have enough uh, room to adjust accordingly for that model. Um, next up is your electric or nitro governor.
0: We're still not done.
1: No, we want to hit this item because it's there in the controller. Uh, and remember in the beginning, um, oh, uh, so elevator pre-comp, what other pre-comps are present in the controller's? I
2: mean, there's a ton of gov pre-comps. There's a ton of gov to pre-comps. There's that,
1: yeah. tail pre-comps. But really, there's only the elevator pre-comp. There is no really other pre-comp in a rotor head. Not usually. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, yeah, electric and nitro governors. Uh, you know, Mike wrote a ton of notes down for us here. I'm going to go through some of them so he doesn't have to go through all of them.
0: He wrote a documentary about this.
1: Um, one of the first one is the power sources of models are different. They often require different settings. Uh, a lot of the controllers will ask you, what is this? What is this? Uh, uh, what is this heli? Is it electric? Is it nitro? Is it gas? Um, and this will. Uh, Deal with how fast the governor reacts because no matter how fast a servo is on a gas engine, uh, it it only reacts but so fast when dealing with, you know, squish, suck, bang, (laughs) fuel. Um So it wants to know. And the other thing is, is that pre-comps can look different depending upon the amount of torque in the power plant. You know, uh, most of us have experienced it. These electric motors are insane on some of the instant torque they offer. So, you know, pre-comps will look a little bit different. All this to say, uh, you know, on the bench, make sure you choose the right type of, of power plant in there if it has the option. And um, the pre-comps are going to look a little different. So, you know, in the beginning, you wanna, you would have wanted to turn these off a bit so that you can actually tune the heli and uh, the tail and the rotor head and not deal with the governor uh, beating you up. You know, next on here is different expectations for tuning and actual performance. Um You know, uh, don't expect your engine to uh, (laughs) magically work better because your gov works. Uh, For your nitro and gas, you need to tune your engine. You need to tune it. Um, uh, Your governor is going to work better with your engine properly tuned, and that means full range, you know, from from hovering to, uh, you know, full-on, full power. You know, a lot of times, like Mike and I, um, you know, we are talking about, nitro earlier this evening you know i still i'll still reserve a normal mode that has 100 percent throttle so i can do climb out so i can tune my power um i know talking with mike uh, i think you know mike you can correct me from wrong you've done hurricanes on throttle curves just to yeah. get an understanding of full power what's it look like is this thing tuned
2: <laughs> full power punch out it's like to know the thing is we are definitely at the very high end of the high needle because I've run into this before and I almost cooked a 55 way back when I started playing with nitro govs is uh, the mid was rich and I was messing with that. And it hadn't occurred to me that the helicopter was flying an X-50 Thunder Tiger, really lightweight, really lightweight blades, modified engine. Everything I was doing like punch outs and stuff was not enough to actually load the motor into the high needle. Yeah. And you know if you've got a real cranked out, you know, maybe a Tim Jones special or you've got your 96 and the thing's rocking, you may very well find that, uh, wow, my punch-outs are really awesome, and you just keep cranking that needle, it's like, oh, it's not changing, let's go farther, and then that one time you hit the high needle because you used a lot of collective encyclical at the same time, and you found the high, yeah, yeah, in about three seconds that motor's screwed. Yeah, you're, you're cooking I, it. I, 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 yeah, it happened to a, a buddy of ours at the field, he came out with his, uh, his helicopters, Nitro, he's like the fourth tank in, and uh, he, he did a real good punch-out with cyclic involved, and it loaded it enough, and uh, four seconds it fried it, because the the high-speed needle was at, like, 0.5. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. I've since rebuilt that motor. The governor's fine if you know you are definitely hit the high needle. Yep. But generally, I will just always keep a normal motor around one, so the you know, get some nice smooth starts and see how the engine is responding in the low end, because sometimes you can really tell... Just how it responds to the throttle curve, like, oh, okay, well, the low is definitely too rich or too lean or it's hanging or whatever. And, uh, you know, so you definitely know, okay, I'm definitely in the mid or I'm definitely in the high. So, you know, you're, you know, you're not, nothing's being hidden to you. Nothing's being obfuscated.
1: Okay. Yeah, agree. Um, I know another point I'll add into here, uh, DePaul and I <laughs> played with it years ago, uh, my first 600, you know, came to me as almost ready to fly and it had a real crap servo in it. And what I mean by crap is not that it was failing or, or, or falling apart was, um, the governor, the governor performance. I remember I adjusted the governor and it was doing its job, but I was like, eh, I don't know. Um, Finally, one day I replaced it with a nicer servo and that governor woke up and, um, instead of faster, yeah, the response time was faster. I was finally actually dealing with, you know, the response time of a carburetor instead of a slow response time of, of a servo. So many times, you know, guys will say what's good enough. Uh, generally I'm looking for something under a 0.12 response time, um, as far as as far as for using a for a throttle servo, um, that way it's it's fast enough that I'm tuning the gov for what the capability of the engine is, not the capability of the servo.
0: Basically, um, a fourth cyclic servo.
1: Yeah, that's 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 why you see a lot of times when people ask, "Wait, what servo should I get for my throttle?" It's a cyclic servo because uh, flybarless, flybarless cyclic servos. Fall into the speed range that we're looking for, but you and, of course was that
0: oh but but of course you don't have to worry about getting like that two hundred dollar high torque uh, servo just get something that has a speed and it's a lot cheaper you don't need the torque you just need the speed
1: you need the speed Which, yeah of course it's not as
0: fast as the tail server you don't need a tail server that's way too fast
1: <laughs> um yeah I, I can tell you that at some point once you get below like point one two you're not gonna notice. You're not going to notice the speed anymore. You're 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 going to notice what the engine's capable of. Um,
0: not to say that a tail server will be a bad thing. It's just it's unrequired.
1: Yeah. Uh, Next item on here, beware of torque response from electric motors. I think all of us have seen it. Um, You can get kind of crazy with some of the governors on on some of these controllers, uh, whether it's a controller or an ESC, and you'll end up in oscillations that uh, can damage the drivetrain. You know... uh, Keeping a helicopter together and flying time after time after time is is, is a feat worthy of, of celebrating. Uh, destroying gears, you know, we can dance around a destroyed heli and laugh, but um, <laughs> it shouldn't be because your governor did it. <laughs> yeah, don't be it's that
0: fun. It's not fun when when your helicopter destroys itself.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, some guys will will praise and, and find it fun to, to destroy it, but oh, don't yeah. be the governor. Don't be the governor to do it. Um, you know, at some point you're going to get what you get out of it and there's not much more. You know, like we were saying earlier, there is no such thing as perfect. Um, a lot of what you're seeing is guys who are very well versed at flying helicopters and they know how to perform within the constraints. What was the uh, so the next item on here is uh, know that your governor could hide engine tuning problems. Uh, You know, uh, Mike uh, was was saying that again uh, a moment ago. Yeah, you know, a lean may be hidden because, uh, you know, as, as you mentioned, you know, a climb out may not actually load the engine up enough because your heli is performing, you know, your heli is, is lightweight or really quick. And, you know, just doing climb outs may not load it up enough. You, you, yeah. if you're capable of doing hurricanes, hurricanes may load it more. And, Bad. and you land seven. pitch. If I go in
2: normal and punch out with that thing, the head speed accelerates. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Nah, no, nineteen hundred will not load the engine enough with thirteen degrees of pitch to actually slow it down.
1: You know, there's, there's, there's that. Um, oh, what else is the gov hidden from me? Tail. No, uh, you know the the big thing when it comes to when it comes to pre comps on governors. uh What I'm looking for is actually what I'm listening for is, um. Over speeding when there really shouldn't be any over speeding. Uh, you know, you'll you'll listen, you'll you'll look at like uh, castle creations, they have recommendations and um, you know do climb outs and in the middle of the climb out do you hear the helicopter uh, speeding the rotor head up? <laughs> um, if you hear it like over speeding the set speed then your gov may be too high. Um, you're you're going, you know, you're giving it too much.
0: Castle's a good example.
1: Well, and it's not that it's going to make the wagging sound. It's more of... Um, and I, I I remember I did this uh, shaggy with uh, the Nick Maxwell motor and the Synergy E7 SE I, I owned. Um, I climbed out and the helicopter did nothing but continually speeding up the head speed. It never wagged. It just, it, it was like, okay, I'm at 1950 and you're climbing up. And he it, it was like, dude, my RPM and my rotor head's climbing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's not my head speed that I've set for. So yeah, the gov was set too high. Yep. Um
0: and I know, I know what it's like when the gov is too low by doing a slight overspeed with the E7C and that exact motor, by the way. Um, and having the gov way too low, you, you you pop out of it. You immediately give a collective. The, the gov, you know, so you're overspeeding it. The gov saying, oh, crap, I'm above the the recommended RPM. I'm going to shut down. And then by the time you apply load to it, it's like, wait, what the hell? Now I need to power up. Okay. And it's, it just jumps a bunch of amber so you lose most of your head speed and now it's got to fight even harder to boost it back up.
1: Yeah, I mean so the interesting thing is what I'm looking for in that area is um, over speeds will overdo it but there's maneuvers where you find you'll come out with, with head speed and it's not necessarily an over speed and what I'm listening for is if the Gov's too low It takes a long time To uh, Get back To recover To recover um, Even after the So you, you oversped the rotor head a little bit And then you can hear it Like uh, you'll hear the whine of the motor or, or, or the MOSFETs And the ESC you'll hear them And you'll come out of a little bit Of an overspeed and, and you're like Well it oversped are you going to turn back on? Because <laughs> you yeah. oversped and your rotor head speed is decaying below your set speed. Okay, you've gone too low. So yeah. a little bit of overspeeding, not no, you know, nothing. No, no, no saying you need to go all Duncan Bossy on your heli and
0: <laughs> McDougal
1: and do a McDougal. Um, you know, uh, I, I find um, pushovers. Uh, push over an elevator from fast forward flight high up. Push over an elevator, that'll do it. Um, Even a loop, Cubanates loops. Yeah, there, there's where you're going to see it happening at. Even a
0: TikTok, if you can really hear it, you're not going to hear it a whole lot because you you're doing a quicker TikTok and everything. But a little bit on a TikTok, you can you can hear it.
1: But, uh, but to be more I precise, you can be more precise,
0: a, a loop, Cubanate, stuff like that, um, or just a, a an abrupt stop, you're gonna you're gonna notice a lot more.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. If a controller is really crazy, uh, another one is a stall turn—a really good, solid stall turn where you stand that helicopter up on its on its uh, tail. Um, if the motor is is not, uh, if the governor is not performing properly, uh, you could either uh, it will speed it up despite the fact there's no load. Or um, you'll do the stall, and the rotor head uh, loses speed and decays until you're pulling out, and then it'll start uh, reacting again. Um, so a stall turns a, a solid, easy maneuver to actually see your governor's not acting very well. Uh, Shaggy, you said you had another item.
0: Oh, basically tail. You know, like t- uh, the go- so if the governor isn't set properly. Uh, it also can affect your tail gain. So sometimes you might actually be chasing the tail, literally, um, no pun intended there, to try to get your, uh, your gain set in your tail. But actually, it's your governor that's causing these weird kicks uh, in, in, in speed. So basically, it's, it's like throttling up and then slowing down, throttling up, constantly going back and forth, trying to maintain that head speed. And you're, what, you're, what it's doing is it's it's kicking the tail. So you're trying to fight a tail a tail problem, but really you have a gov problem.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the reasons when we start this whole thing out that you want to turn off the the, the pre comps on the governor, uh, and and you know if you if you must you can turn down the governor's. Rates for response, but usually I find just if I turn off the pre comps, uh, stock settings in the governors are good enough to tune tail and head. Um, after that, I'll I'll get into adjusting the the sliders on on um on the governor, and then after I've gotten them dialed in, I'll I'll work out my pre comps. Um, if any point that I, I feel like. Things going on with the governor or are forcing me to revisit the tail. Uh, I will stop and go. nope, I am not going to mess with that tail. I optimized it. Um, I will. I will usually keep on the governor, and if, if I'm overdoing it, then dial it back on the governor a bit. Um, as usually, you're if you're going, you're just overcompensating, and the, the governor is only going to go but so much. Um, you know, if if you find you're you're losing rotor head speed too much, uh, one of the things I find is it. Like I enjoy flying. Uh, I, I don't enjoy flying my helicopter much at 1500 RPM because when I lose rotor head speed, it goes into like 1450, 1400. So I really enjoy 1650 as it plays around in a rotor head speed range where if I lose 100 rpm I'm at 1550 and I still the helicopter still feels very lively to me and I, yeah, I like how yeah. it is even even when the rotors the rotor is slowed down a bit. So instead of trying to get a really hyper governor, adjust your head speed a little bit. Um, you know give yourself 50 more. Uh, give yourself 50 more, you know, RPMs or a hundred more RPMs and put yourself into a range you like that the, the helicopter, you know, the gearing ratios and everything is, is happy to be in. Um, because it's, you know, the fun thing is depending upon your governor, uh, if you know, if you're an ESC based governor, it's reacting to what it sees. Uh, if you're a fly barless based governor, then it has pre-comps. It can see your stick movements and it should be able to deal with it a little better. But still even then it's dealing with the mass of your rotor head. Um, and and trying to get hyper isn't gonna help you. <laughs> DePaulo, anything you want to add in the governor?
2: Mm, not too much. I guess you read off the notes ahead. It's pretty much what I was gonna say.
1: Yeah. No, you got some good notes there. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to some nitro nitro tuning nitro. later on. <laughs> Looking forward to some nitro tuning later on. Um, oh, I know one one thought I had kind of towards the middle of the episode, and that is is uh, size pre-comps for helicopters. So usually they have you choose, you know, what's, they'll ask you, what size heli are you running? You know, 450, 500, six, seven, eight. Um, You know, those generally, you know, depending upon the experience of that manufacturer, will put the helicopter into known ranges that work well to let you go further. And that's a great benefit for a lot of pilots because you get the – you get the experience of uh, that manufacturer flying all those helis, um, and nothing says anything's wrong with starting settings. Just, uh, you know, there's there's a, a little bit more perfection, precision, and confidence to be <coughs> uh, attained by uh, learning how to tune your uh, your helicopter, and specifically your flybarless controller.
2: Otherwise, it looks like crap. I'm going to be laughing at you.
1: Uh, you know, I try and save my laughing. You know, fly barless tuning is an area where F3C has taught me an abundance of tuning, radio, controller, mechanics. Um, and I love it. Because uh, it inspires more confidence in the aircraft, uh, uh, it inspires more confidence in my flying, and it, you know it's, it's self fulfilling. I still get the enjoyment and, and and getting better and not stuck in a loop. Uh, well, guys, I guess it's time to get into closeout topics. Yep, hooray! <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Monty. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. It was. That was back 20, uh, 2015, no twenty sixteen spring fling. Nice. Yep, that was with alminzer and Al and, right. and um, Aaron Heaster kind of, doing a tandem like from Monty Soundboard. Then, yeah. Uh,
1: sadly, all it is is Monty screams.
0: <laughs> and a make and that was without a megaphone, by the way.
1: Mm, yeah. <laughs> our topics. So, upcoming events that we are attending. We are? Yes, we.
0: We. As we. in, you, him, and I? Yep. As in, all three? All three. As in, I have to attend this?
1: You're getting in the car. Shit. <laughs> Free candy, get in the van.
0: <laughs> I gotta listen to, freaking. what is it, like, Adele or something like that? I
1: explained this a couple episodes ago. I'm going to fall asleep at the wheel around about five in the morning, and I wake up at seven. I'm going to be a maniac.
2: Yeah,
0: that's oh, accurate. That's about how it goes. Uh, just so, stuff me in the trunk. I'll be good.
1: No, 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 no. No, That's that, that means when they find us on the side of the road, they're going to have more questions. You're getting in the cab of the vehicle.
0: <laughs> I'm painting free candles candle on the side of the van. I'm going to be... Pay- I'm gonna be- fogging out the window and drawing SOS.
1: <laughs> so, uh, first up item that all of us are attending is AMA Expo East.
2: Oh, there might be a cool heli there, if we're lucky. Yeah, oh, it might be.
0: Ooh, ooh. It might be. Maybe I can fly one. Maybe. <laughs> Smoke up Wait, the Wait, am,
2: am I bringing the uh, the X3 for buddy boxing, perhaps?
1: Uh, I'm bringing
0: the fireball in the 180. I don't care. I'm bringing it.
1: Um. So, I have been told by Charles, uh, since uh, it will be the Urcha ambassadors uh, representing the urge organization at the AMA Expo, um, that uh, we will have morning and afternoon times in the cage uh, to do nice. buddy boxing and a little bit of demonstration. So,. Um, I have been informed we will have a blade helicopter for uh, demo or for, for buddy boxing. Um, and I've uh, tried to get a second heli, small helis, you know, Small helis, nothing, nothing crazy and big. Something for us to, uh, you know, buddy box and and show off. Just you know, the fun capabilities of small helis. Uh, also, be wandering around the uh, expo, checking things out, and uh, you know, uh, like like we said before, stop us, stop us, uh, shake our hands, uh, yell at us properly, uh, yell at us, or uh, have a calm, civil conversation. <laughs> um. If you want a buddy box, uh, yeah, definitely finding it, find us. And uh, I, you know, I'll probably work it out, see if we can't get a list going or something in, in time frames. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, both you gentlemen, I hope you bring, yes, the X3 and the Goblin because uh, I yeah. hope to make some noise in the corner and uh, tell people that helis are definitely there.
0: Yes, the fireball at <laughs> wow. 5,000 RPM right. would sound so cool indoors. I no one's going to hear my X3 until I start doing stuff with it. Quiet, heli is quiet.
2: <laughs> Fireball's a freaking maniac I might have to go rebuild the 180 And be like, here you go, random person Try flying this
0: Hey, oh no, I, you hit the wall I've got two 180s, i got my 3-blade and my 2-blade
1: Um, all that to say Uh, we're driving my car And, uh, we're gonna make it fit in the car Um Yeah <laughs>
0: You know what, we should just strap it to the top of the car And then no. just, like, do a fake auto And you just, like, auto in it you know, Or t- mm-hmm. attach to a string and just do a forever auto
1: the hell is go inside. You can ride on the roof.
0: Okay, at least I don't have to listen to you <laughs> act like a maniac inside you,
1: the car. I can open the sunroof. You'll hear me. Uh oh.
0: <laughs> Did I get three uh, D batteries? That you?
1: No, no, no. Those are for the people who are not paying attention and driving slowly in the fast lane. I'm gonna throw no, D cell no, batteries lead, at the goblin. Lead acid
0: batteries for them. D batteries are for you. D cell batteries for the goblin. <laughs>
1: Um, the next event after AMA Expo East is Cabin Fever. It is a uh, it's a uh, you know the it's Saturday the third. It's a one day event down North Carolina. Um, those are the next two events we're planning and going to. Well, I know we're all planning to go to the expo. I don't know how many of the guys are going to join me for Cabin Fever. I know I will be. I, I know I will be there.
0: I got to look at my calendar, but I will let you know
1: those are the next events coming up uh, we do definitely still have the heli calendar it posted on our facebook page uh, facebook.com slash telerotor um, the, the the calendar is actually hosted on google drive publicly for everyone to look at uh, also uh, got some news from our friends down north carolina uh, from rams club so mark faff posted up uh, they got dates for dragonfly some
0: ram sauce <laughs> gotta get that ram sauce is that why it said that that's where that is. It's from. Oh, okay.
2: And you know, the funny thing, I've never actually had it, but every time I go down there, Lincoln is constantly like, you gotta get a pull on the ram sauce.
1: I don't know what it is you're talking about, and I'm frightened.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to know. It, it It's like a sauce.
1: So, yeah, our friend Mark Pfaff got some dates out for Dragonfly. Uh, I just updated on the calendar. I want to say yesterday or today. It is June 22nd through the 24th, and... um uh rams club riverside Aeromodeler society in east bend north carolina cool that's a new event added to the calendar um
0: i gotta think about that one uh
1: it's a very nice field i would say it was comparable to our own home field in days of the past uh a lot of pit area they got tables already set up it's covered they got a big diesel generator that powers all the pit area oh wow Um, and they got a very nice field to fly on. And, uh, you know, I just uh, enjoy going down, seeing friends, and getting a little bit of North Carolina weather.
0: Yeah. It's pretty nice.
1: Yeah. Past that. Hey, if you want to see your events on our calendar, whether it's other heli events you told us about and I put it in that section, or it's an event within like 500 miles and you think we can make it, tell us. Either reach out to us on Facebook, email, or uh... <laughs> Facebook or email. <laughs> For now, and um,
0: oh, and also on uh, RC on the RC heli hangout.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, if you're posting events, if you're posting events on there, you know, tag us. Say something, get my attention. You know, we're usually around. Uh, any other items?
0: Nitro. That's about it. That's all I got. Yeah, I think that's
1: about it. Oh, good lord.
0: This year is going to be full nitro. We're all going to have freaking cancer.
1: Well, I've got a starter wand on the way. i got to find myself a Sullivan.
0: Be the
2: cancer you want to see in the world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, For everyone headed out to the Align Funfly in wonderful Las Vegas, Nevada, I hope you all have a great time.
0: Have fun! I look
1: forward. I look forward to seeing the videos, and they are doing uh, some crazy. Uh, they're doing a, a drawing online for those of us who can't make it.
0: Very nice. So
1: Someone's looks gonna to be, be a lot of fun. Someone's going to win. Uh, well, I got nothing else, gentlemen. Do you?
0: No, I guess. Nope. It's good. Let's close it off. Well, Wrap it up. thank
1: you, thank you, everyone for listening, and uh, talk to you later.
0: Later, people. See you later, guys.
1: From all of us at Telerotor RC Podcast, thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you on the field. You can find us online on Facebook.com at Telerotor RC Podcast or on Podbeam. Welcome to the bloopers for this episode. We recommend you listen to them in private as the audio is loud and the subject matter a bit sophomoric. Enjoy. Right, so that's podcast business. Yes.
2: I'm trying to think I should say this so it doesn't sound all like bullshit.
1: We've 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 made ourselves sound horrible before. No one's complained, but no one's complained, <laughs> but yeah, yet.
2: I mean, you can read a script verbatim like a robot, or you can spice it up a little bit as you're
0: reading it. You can still use the same words. Spice it up, man! <sighs> Fired out of a cannon. I'm trying to think about this one. Hey, all you beautiful assholes, welcome back to
2: <laughs> No <laughs> the No. About swear- fly-barless tuning. If you've got different ideas you the machine gun strapped to himself there you go
1: well the army the army calls it the army calls it hamburger hill the marine corps puts a flag on top of it
0: yep (laughs) hey hey real quick what sounds better the sound better right here or sound better right here better when you're got the microphone in your mouth like this yeah
2: just like that more of that dang i reached that 0.5 peak got me all peaked. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: come
0: on. All right. Let's start oh, this shit. Oh, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> I did not do the visual bad. Ever. Sure you do. You like it. Oh. <laughs> and you're just watching it burn. <laughs>
2: hey, hey, Mike. You, you, you Bru- want to play a game? I like games. You want to play a game? <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's play I got game. more games than Milton Bradley, boy. All <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Telerotor, I guess I'll do this now.
0: Maybe. We are 38 minutes into this.
2: Oh, yeah, I should probably do this. Right. So.
1: Why are you writing down. Oh, no. Don't You're writing worry. your password down in the middle of the f- closeout notes, dumbass. Nope.
2: Nope. Uh-uh. Yes.
1: Yes, you are. What are doing? What is
0: good well, thing doing? he
2: doesn't. It. It's the freaking. It was a password to a piece of hardware I have here.
0: What? What you're writing down a password on the show? He's notes. wondering
1: why he's not logging in. It's because he's taping it out in the f- notes. And you know the funny thing that is forever recorded by Google inside of the notes in the editing for this document.
0: Oh my gosh! Yes, yes.
1: A little, a little hint for those of you who may not work in cybersecurity. If you're using a Google product. It records every keystroke. So if you're typing in Google Docs, using Gmail email, or you're working in their spreadsheet program, something along that, one of the products that Google gives you for free, or and business, it's recording every keystroke you make and typing in those things. And therefore, someone who is uh, tasked with finding out what you've been doing can get that kind of information. that. Yeah works the rotor head and I have a a thought that keeps fleeting through my mind um what was it I don't know that thought going through my mind (laughs) does it begin
0: with the aligned vacuum cleaner
1: no I want that (laughs) (laughs) um
0: dude get it
2: the crew tonight myself Mike DiPaolo hey Mike Hi, Mike. (laughs) Hi, Robert. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, the part where you say hi. Yeah,
1: I said hello. You just didn't say my name.
2: Who is this fool? This is a good point. Well, we got that first half. (sighs) Should we we repeat the secret? I'm just going to repeat that last part.